0: christian yes michael we are not tucker and carly we are not michael what's your favorite gas station coffee uh
1: out yonder oh geez i'm going to <laughs> identify where i live uh green mountain coffees uh they have a medium roast i enjoy Ooh, green mountain coffees okay green Mountain right. coffees brewed uh roasted out of uh uh, Waterbury Center, I believe, here in in in, in the Green Mountain State. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I'm seeing Keurig
0: Dr Pepper pop up surrounding Green Mountain Coffee.
1: You sure are. I'm pretty sure Keurig bought them out a few uh, a little while back.
0: Well, how so skippity duda? It's, it's,
1: it's got the local stickers on every store here, but also it's definitely a Keurig thing. It, it's 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 about as local as I don't know. I don't know.
0: Apple pie. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, But I like it. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know if I like it like it. I think I just kind of gravitated toward it one, towards it one day and I don't like change. So. You got to have one. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. Um, Do you have an answer? What's your, what's your gas station coffee? I'm not a big uh,
0: coffee guy, I guess. I'll drink one, but I'll take whatever I can get as long as it's got caffeine in it. Because, I'm very utilitarian with coffee. I'll have it like once every few months if I need to pick me up, but I would prefer a caffeine pill because uh, okay. then I just get that raw yeah. essence. None of that mm. liquid going inside me, just that raw caffeine drug
1: wiring me. <laughs> I I never did caffeine pills, uh, but I have a caffeine addiction anyway, so it doesn't matter. Ooh. Um. Someday yeah, no, I'll I, get there, Michael. I do a lot of coffee. I, I don't know. I, I think I read somewhere recently that that uh, people in my profession of choice tend to be a little mentally uneven, partially because we're all addicted to caffeine. Really? So, That's oh, That's fascinating. Yeah. More mentally yeah, more likely uneven? To be addicted to, more, more likely to be addicted to caffeine, alcohol, and high-sugar products.
0: Jeez. More likely yeah. to watch in an un.
1: Inordinately large amount of noir films. <laughs> Inordinately large, yes, but apparently not as much as people in your profession, Christian. Because I I, I threw out a, a really long list, and by God, you watched all of it, and I I couldn't. There's uh, no
0: shame in that, Michael. You are a busier man than most.
1: Yeah, it's. Still, I feel bad about it. So we watched how many, how many movies did, did you watch in the past two weeks to prepare for this, this fill in pillows on the windows cast? We should probably, I don't know if people need to know this. We are filling in for Tucker and Carly, who are out on some kind of grand quest to throw the ring back in Mount Doom or whatever. And, and Nailed it. thank you. Um, we, so love all, we love the ring. We love the ring.
0: I watched 13 films, Michael.
1: Thirteen films. Preparation okay, for this here podcast, yeah, yeah. I think I'm at like I think I got to ten. I got about ten, nine and a half, maybe. I didn't finish one of them because, uh, um, we can talk about that. I don't want to. I'm not going to announce it now because I don't want to give someone mm-hmm. ammo down the road. Suspense, but, uh, yeah, I like it. Well, suspense is one of the key parts of this mm-hmm. genre of film mm-hmm. that we watched. Um, yeah, so we picked noir uh a a loosely defined genre i have discovered um <laughs> yes because <laughs> i feel like the image of noir that people have is like that that you know the private detective is is sitting in his office there's long shadows and he's yes. monologuing about how he hadn't seen this girl and and in, in in some time but then that day she came to my office and, exactly and something nicholas
0: cage in spider-verse
1: yes Nicholas Cage and Spider-Verse, uh the Batman cartoons. Yeah, there you go. Um, um Yeah. It's got these very like like the mental like the the I think that the popular image of Noir has these very specific visual cues, right? Totally. These very specific plot lines too. You know, yep. these these this kind of like gritty urbanism in black and white. You've got your long shadows. Yep. Uh people are down and out, or they're not like you wouldn't call them good guys necessarily. You'd call Absolutely. them maybe anti-heroes. You yep. could call them it, it sits in like a gray area maybe.
0: Yeah. You got a detective um, with their name on the door, smoking something.
1: Yeah, lots of lots of lots of cigarettes. Um It's more than that apparently. And also, uh, people on the internet apparently fight over the definition of noir. And before, then people in magazines fought over the definition of really? noir. Uh, and for us, I guess we're just going to loosely define it as the the thing as the movies that when I googled noir, I found these um, because I wanted to. It's a, a deep dive into noir has been on my list for a while now Ooh. Christian and I was able to pull you along for the ride um I want to apologize in a lot of ways but <laughs> um, it's just it's it's so we watched 13 movies or tried to watch I tried to watch 13 movies you actually watched 13 movies sort of spanning a wide history of this genre like we're talking 80 years yeah um, and this is including things like noir and the neo-noir and in ways it's been readapted and reinterpreted um i wanted to try to put in a little bit of like get in a little bit of diversity mm. in style and direction as well heck yes um touch on a few how the how this very what's what's built as a very american genre is actually a very global genre and what's a very masculine genre has actually been how, how that very masculine and at the time, very white genre has also been kind of reinterpreted over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that was my intention. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things stood out to me before going into this and in that it's, it's a lot of the movies we ended up watching were very much, uh, I think the kinds of things that, that, that are remembered in the ways that, they weren't typical noir movies interesting how In In so what do you mean michael like because i think only one of immediately that immediately comes to mind only one or two films were were this this private detective yes type absolutely character. yes um in a lot of other ways, there were ones that were more deconstructive, some in fairy mm-hmm. that I think were that that I think are famous because of the ways that they tried not to be typical noir movies. Uh, um, which I think is interesting that these are some of these movies are the ones that'll show up in lists of like noir starter points or like like best film noir movies or yeah. something. Did all because of these movies
0: fit in that broad category where these were considered kind of in one by one person's estimation or another canonical noir movies.
1: Yes. In some form. Um, a few of them were a little more left field and we'll, we'll get to those. Um, but they were like, it, it was interesting to me that if you were to like, look up, I wanted to get something, um, to see if there was an early, early noir film, uh, directed by a woman director because these, this is such a very masculine genre. Yeah. And that's where death as a caress came from, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe a little less of the canonical than say the Maltese oh, totally. Falcon Lady in shanghai yeah. or uh, as we go on into the later years mm-hmm. uh things like movies like Shaft that are very established as these things um yeah. as either noir or neo noir and in shaft's case neo noir yeah I feel um. That. But for the most part these were for the most part these fit into like this, this canonical um, sort of canonical points um, which made it really weird because in a lot of ways these movies I think are member remembered for the ways they they were reactions I think to yeah. noir.
0: interesting um,
1: or the ways that they were very they were a lot more in some ways creative with with the 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 sort of image we have of a noir movie so Yeah, yeah it's interesting to me that this is that if you were just like i was just trying to look up noir movies though what i would end up finding would be would ultimately end up being not necessarily your your basic noir movies but instead be the the deconstructions the 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 ones that are remembered because they aren't typical and it just seems like a weird way that this genre is immortalized in my mind Totally. at least partially um the other thing that stood out to me is just how terrible <laughs> trying to find a movie in on the internet is <laughs> how you have to go through. I think I don't know. I went through like so many different streaming services, and even then, I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, finding any of the the translation movies was a nightmare. Yeah. Because, um, in a couple of cases, uh, the one that stands out to me was the kneeling goddess,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was like like obviously it's not like a, a better known movie the way Maltese Falcon is or or. Or something like Shaft might be. Yeah. But what it is, is is if you were to look up a film from the Mexican noir movement.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, this would be the one that shows up usually. And it's at the point where when you Google the kneeling goddess, it pops up as, as a movie that's been like in some kind of showing at basically every major modern art museum, but it's not really streaming anywhere mm-hmm. except for YouTube where there aren't any subtitles <laughs> yeah. except for the closed captionings that they do automatically. And because they're running it through some kind of broken Google translator or something that yeah. doesn't actually translate well. Plus that stream is like missing 10 minutes that are very important to the plot. Really? And it's, oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that. Cause it's, it's a nightmare. It's just, it's weird to me or like Death is a Caress, which will pop up on like film critic lists in some places. And the only place I could find it was, was a YouTube stream you sent me
0: mm-hmm.
1: Or uh, Insanity. it's just, it's like, we, we're at a point we have so many streaming services too. Like if I wanted to watch, uh, Shaft, I went to Criterion. If I yeah. wanted to watch, Maltese Falcon, I had to go to HBO Max. If I mm-hmm. wanted to uh, to watch um, the original Night Moves, I had to go to Amazon. And if I wanted to watch the 2013 Night Moves, <laughs> I had to go either to a premium subscription to Hulu or some other app that I don't even remember the yeah. name of. <laughs> it's just this, like, this nightmare system, and I don't get how this is what where we are now when ostensibly movies should be really accessible, but they're locked behind like twenty or thirty different paywalls if they're even there. It's so weird. I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, it sure does suck. Especially I like uh Death is a Cress. I could find people talking about it online. I could see it on several lists of canonical like uh movies that uh were directed by women. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a ghost on the internet. It's in, it's, it's on YouTube. I don't know what the uh, public domain is, or even if like foreign films, films made outside of the U.S. fall within that public domain sphere in any way, but it should just be easy. Just archive this stuff, please. Yeah. Why is this stuff getting lost, Michael? We live in an age like, where Rashifi-
1: like Rafifi. Ooh, yeah. I it's it's held up as like this canonical classic French film. The the heist sequence from that has been done so many times in other movies. Yeah. And has actually also been attempted in real life. It's considered like the first French Noir film. It's by this well-known director who's canonized. It's it has its own place in the Criterion collection. But it's not on any U.S. streaming services, as far as I could find. Like, the, in order to watch it, I had to go to an art museum in Cleveland who, <laughs> that was having a special showing of Rafifi. Seriously, yeah, it's just—it's. I don't get how this is where we are. Bizarre. It's insane. I don't. I don't know.
0: What a wonderful so world anyway. we live in.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What At crazy, least we it's, can it's, watch Godzilla versus Kong pretty easily.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's right there in HBO Max.
0: Heck yeah, no
1: I, theater I required. Yeah, I swear HBO Max isn't instant advertising with us. Um, <laughs> this is if you you enter pillows one two three on HBO Max, you'll get a discounted no. <laughs> um. So, do you want to talk about movies, Christian? Sure, Michael, hit me. OK, so let's kind of take I think it'd be the best way to maybe go about this is to do this in order in a way. And because of time, I don't want to like belabor certain films on this list. I think okay. they're interesting and worth okay. talking about, but I don't think they're worth like a, a deep, deep dive, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of take it from the top, uh, we've got Maltese Falcon. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's this 1941 Humphrey Bogart led uh melodrama with double crossing and triple crossing yes. and, and it's considered a classic movie, not just a classic noir movie, but like one of the canonical films of the 20th century.
0: IMDB told me that the Maltese Falcon prop is worth a lot of money. Is it really? Apparently. Yes, sir. More movie, more money than the entire budget of this film.
1: That's crazy. Crazy does it like it that feels like one of those kinds of things that would be in like a museum somewhere totally you know like yeah. that, like like dorothy's red slippers or something yeah like c-3po costume
0: absolutely i have no idea where it is but it sure is there that's a quote on imdb trivia which i am sure is infallible yeah
1: um also i think this is maybe the purest noir film we watched yeah. Yeah. I um, think
0: this this is the first one I watched, and I think that was a good one for me to start with because I am completely new to the genre. I don't watch movie films. So I figured I'd start with 1941, The Maltese Falcon. And that was what – yeah, when, when I picture noir, all of the things that you started with were kind of in this movie and even cliches like the – the detective who smokes a bunch and he's got his name on the door and on the window, and he's taking cases. They're coming in. They're like, Hey, I need you to look into this. And he's like, All right, Missy, I'll do that for you. And then there's um, like cliche stuff, like someone shrouded in darkness shooting someone, and you don't <laughs> see you shooting them. He just goes, Oh, And then, or like a late night phone call with bad news gets woken up mm-hmm. about the death of his partner. Detective Spade does or a mysterious woman as a love interest who seems mm. to know more than she's letting on. Mm. I was very mm. surprised by all those cliches being in a film made 70, 80 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, you've even got the bad fake accents.
0: With yeah. Joe
1: Cairo. Heck yeah. Or whatever. And, and, and it's, uh, I think this was a great one to start with because it is. I think it's the movie that set a lot of those cliches. Maybe not like invented them because prior to the Maltese Falcon, um, there are these sort of like what what people in academia mm-hmm. would call like proto noir movies. Interesting. Beforehand, that are starting this like like this this grimy detective stories. These these crime stories where things are a little different than good guy kills bad guy. Yeah. Um, but this is, I think like the first, it's usually held up as like the first blockbuster noir movie. Yeah. I mean, what'd you, how, how do you feel? I guess, did you like, uh, did you like the Maltese Falcon Christian? I thought
0: Maltese Falcon was a good time. I enjoyed myself. I liked, uh, I really liked the tone. I liked the characters. Everyone seemed like a dick to a varying degree, which I was into, especially the main character, Detective Spade. He's really interesting, especially as a main character. Like, he's not he's not like a goody two shoes. He's like a money obsessed, mostly amoral dude who's kind of just like flirting with women around in like a bad way, like in an adulterous way. And he's always talking about the money. He's like grifting people for as much money as they've got. But he's a very smooth talker. And I found it very entertaining to see him just drone on about something and play his own detective people, his own people in the biz off each other in order to um, in order to uh further his own means in order to get what he wanted out of the whole thing and it ends on a note that i felt like very was very much set up with the tone and subject matter for the rest of the film
1: i enjoyed it yeah that's good i'm glad because i also i was actually surprised at how much i genuinely enjoyed this movie really like there was and it was one of those things. I ended up watching half of it twice because I, I had started it late one night, and I just I had a hard time staying oh, awake. Totally, um, not because of the movie, just because I was tired. So I ended up starting it from the beginning again. So I noticed a few things I hadn't noticed before. Really, like there there's red herrings that are they're poking out into the plot. And I guess this is maybe a point we should tell. Ta- we should admit that that we should warn that we're we're going to get into spoiler territory, and that's going to be. Especially a thing with the movies we're talking about because they're all like detective stories, or yeah. a lot of them are detective stories and kind of hinge on a twist. Um, there, yeah. So this movie, they're like they're put throwing out little red herrings, like a business card, or no, a ticket to this movie theater, uh, yes. or yes, yes, um, the entire the entire character of Spades' uh, partner's wife or widow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the they're, they're throwing these things out here that are intended to try to distract the audience into thinking, you know, the one who actually shot the uh, – that actually shot his partner was his wife or maybe it was Spade or mm-hmm. maybe it was all of these other people. And um, it was fun picking up on those as it went along because um, I hadn't noticed it before that that was actually what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and the other things that I, I, after a certain point, it seemed like Spade was navigating things too well. Uh, I, like, guess. I wasn't, like I wasn't enjoying. After about a little ways into the movie, it seems like he's really able to manipulate the game, yeah, in his favor in a way that the other characters couldn't. To a point that it's that I was getting worried that this was going to be Humphrey Bogart just <laughs> winning all the time. Yeah, he's- but he gets to. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. He gets no, to no, wipe. no, no. I don't. Um, <laughs> there's a part in this, I think, where it just it, it's obvious that he is absolutely not in control of the situation. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, I think that was the moment that I was like, "All right, I am on board with the Maltese Falcon completely now." Yeah. Um, it was it. It pick I picked up when he was drugged in uh, the fat man's office or whatever, yep. and then the final twist I thought was amazing because exactly that 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 um I don't want to get ahead of things, but when they find that the falcon the Falcons a reproduction, mm-hmm. I just I loved it because I absolutely loved that this was all for like
0: nothing <laughs> totally. That's great. That's great. That's not, that's not what you would see in like any of these movies. I don't know. Like I've seen the first Indiana Jones movie and that like strikes me as like the cookie cutter plot of what I imagined every movie pre 1970 was like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but boy, is that not the case in this movie that was made in 1941? I think it still held up surprisingly well today.
1: I agree. And I'm glad we started with it because it was like, it said such a high note that I was able to be like, it it made me excited to keep going. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I enjoyed it. It was one of those things where it's like this canon, this canonical film I thought was actually, it, it, it did hold up in a way. I mean, there's, there's some stuff in it that I think, you know, if we made the Maltese Falcon today, I don't think you could do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, But, uh, just as, as, as far as like a relic of its time, I think it still holds up as an enjoyable film. Yeah. People and are I very
0: think, reckless with guns in this movie and it made me nervous. Like those yeah. guns look really real and they were just pointing them all over the place. And every time I like felt anxiety, I'm like, oh no, don't, don't point that gun there, please. More <laughs> yeah. for the actors than I was for the characters.
1: Uh, the, the guns. That's what surprised me about this too, is that, um, with the exception of the one of, of the first shooting, the initial murder, then they only show it like they show it so that the shooter is concealed yep. and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. outside of that. You're not seeing guns really no. go off. Mm-mm. People are like, they have them. They're in weird places where you wouldn't want them to be. Yeah. Um, and people are drawing them on each other, but like they make a point of noting Humphrey Bogart's character uh, to Texas spade doesn't like the things. Yeah. And, and, that it's never really to the 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 person's the person with the guns advantage, really. Yes. And it was interesting to me that it wasn't this like we weren't in, we weren't ending when, with shootouts or anything like that. This was all being done. All of the drama was through intrigue and not necessarily yes. explicit violence. Even though Humphrey's slapping people around here and there.
0: Yeah, that the scene where they finally get the Falcon. And they finally get it on the table, and they finally rip it open, and they finally start inspecting it. That that was more compelling to me than probably any shootout could have been.
1: Yeah, I was into it. it and also, the one guy, the like the, the the token gunman in this movie, is totally just slapped around by the <laughs> yes. plot for like the last <laughs> half hour. Yeah, He's totally. just like, "You're the fall guy." Yep. It's, <laughs> It's like I can replace my son. Yeah, I can't replace the Falcon or whatever. And, and he just looks sad the entire movie. Yeah, and, and
0: man, that's weird. Now that you're mentioning it, it seems like this movie that came out in 1941 was subverting expectations
1: all the way back what? then. Is that is that what? true? Uh, maybe and maybe, especially since you, all of these other movies on this list do kind of end in that kind of insane violence. Yeah. Um, some of them do. Yeah. There's one I want to talk about in a couple couple mm-hmm. down the line mm-hmm. that I think is also an interesting yeah yeah, yeah. spin on this. But uh, the the other the the guns thing is also interesting because this movie's poster has yeah the it's gunman awful. with both of his automatics uh. and it's like this is as fiery as his automatics <laughs> oh, or whatever no. and it's like it, this character gets slapped around for an hour and a half and yeah isn't even important
0: no. That's his guns don't
1: even go off.
0: No, no, but what does go off are they, they've got these fancy lighter things, Michael. In this movie, yeah. they like they've got these receptacles on their desk, these uh appliances, and they put their match in there, or they've got like a reusable match thing and it clicks, and then they have fire. I want one of those, Michael. That looks so freaking cool. Yeah.
1: Uh. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't remember this. I don't remember seeing this. They're like lighting their cigarettes or
0: whatever. And they like take they take this uh, cylinder out of this receptacle and then they click it. It clicks into this thing, Michael, this machine that creates fire. It's insane. I want to know what that machine is because I don't think I've seen it in any of these other movies or anything. I was not aware of this lighter machine. It's not just like a normal lighter. I don't know. It could have been. I am very um illiterate when it comes to that stuff okay. Michael, okay, but I want to know speaking of illiterate I mean, david spade is he i i am unaware of him this is the first er uh, his name is his his name's probably not david spade <laughs> detective spade uh he he is his uh this guy, this actor or detective spade I think he's uh referenced in two of the other movies we watched at least uh or the mm-hmm. two of the other movies i watched is he is he detective spade in any other movie or is this the only
1: movie this is the only one i'm aware of i did catch the one i do know what you're talking about i don't remember what movie it was but i remember noticing the other spade reference yes. in one of these other movies yes. it comes up it certainly does um,
0: which was interesting it was kind of cool it was like, oh yeah. I, I understand I understand what that means, and it would have just went completely over my head, and I would have pretended I I was understanding what they were talking about or doing. Yeah, this yeah. I,
1: mean, I think it makes sense because I think this is obviously this was like a watershed move movie, and yep. in, in as far as like the the twentieth century film canon goes, or whatever, yeah. and and Humphrey Bogart in general usually whatever role he's in is usually like the role in that movie, Mister mm-hmm. Casablanca. But uh, um. So it doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, I noticed what you were talking about and I was like, ooh, I watched that movie. I know what you're, I know this, 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 this reference. Exactly. Um, I was
0: impressed, Michael. I was impressed. I didn't expect, uh, I guess I didn't expect this to just be one of the canonical noir movies. And I didn't expect to be this entertained this early on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do want to – because I do want to be mindful of time. Um, is there anything else you really want to talk about with with this first film? No, that's this, all I had this...
0: other than I want to know what those freaking lighter machines were, Michael. I want to yeah. know what's going on with those.
1: Yeah. We should look into th- – I'm going to look into the lighter machines after this, Christian, because oh. I want to know too. Um, Thank you. There is a uh, – The other thing I wanted to notice is that I just note that I just I I loved the the visuals of this movie. Oh, beyond just the noir stuff, um, there's just some cool, like, like, like dynamic shots, a lot of looking up at people. Oh, And I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I just wanted to I wanted to signal that out here before moving on. I also just love the the shot of his partner being uh killed where it's just it's dark you see him and then you just have the pistol like center screen i enjoyed that
0: yeah i feel like that's been like a million times i don't know absolutely where or how but i know my mind's eye knows it
1: yeah and i don't even think it invented I, i i can't even guarantee that it invented that shot totally it's just i liked it i enjoyed it yeah um so if you're ready to move on absolutely are you ready to move on i'm ready to move on um The next one I think is that I wanted to talk about is the next big American Mm -hmm. film on this list. And that's the lady from Shanghai. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: We've got Orson Welles fresh off of Citizen Kane. (laughs) Yes. Um, He's playing writer, actor, director, producer again. And uh, (laughs) we've got him for an hour and a half with this really horrible Irish accent. that. I'm, I'm just kind of appreciative that he committed to it at least, but, <laughs> he did cause he, he sure did. <laughs> um, oh, what the heck? What'd you think of the lady of Shanghai? Cause I had very, I had s- strong opinions Ooh, about this movie. strong
0: opinions. Interesting. I'm curious to hear what you have to say as a film expert, but uh, yes, I love- thought lady of Shanghai, I was not very entertained by it. It wasn't my tempo, Uh, I didn't find the characters likeable or interesting at all, which I think started almost immediately. But lots of uncomfortable and sweaty close ups. Thumbs up. Uh Uh Bad ADR. Thumbs up. Uh, And there's a great court scene in the movie. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of carnage that happened at the end. I was mildly entertained for that stuff. But first Uh, half really wasn't doing it for me.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I think a lot of people key in on with this movie is that it's paced horribly. Oh yeah, yeah, just just terrible. And I and it yes, the the first half of this movie is it's boring. It's 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 dull. It's dry. All of these are synonyms for boring, but it's <laughs> very boring. Nailed it. Um, the entire cast is just a bunch of listless dicks (laughs) like it's it's um the only things really carrying like the only things that really hooked me through it were that this is supposedly a a like classic movie so i was like all right i'm gonna give it the full shebang and i'd heard that the the ending gets kind of crazy and i was excited for that Mm -hmm. and um and in some ways, I think that second half paid off for me because of that. Oh yeah. Um, well, not just like it because it, it is—it's dramatically different when you get to the second half. I think. Yeah. Um, you, like you have parts that are bordering on parody <laughs> yeah. or sad. I think the court, the whole court sequence, feels like satire to me. Totally. Yes. Um, actually, I think it was. I think there was some behind-the-scenes kerfluffle over how satirical it was. People, I don't think really? people were excited about Orson being so. Uh, going out of his way to make the court seem stupid um (laughs) that's great through this there is like i do enjoy some of the photography in this like the uncomfortable sweaty close-ups you were talking about i enjoyed them there were some times where like shots weren't just like that we weren't filming these people just normally they were like skewed in a way or something it was like this is the this felt more like okay, Orson Welles is probably the one doing this. He wants to make a slightly weird movie. Yeah, um, we're getting a bit of that that uh, German expressionism that's supposed to have like underpin the entire genre, which then we really get at the end. But yeah. before then, um, it's those are the parts that are slightly off kilter that I kind of enjoyed. Um, I also kind of enjoyed just watching orson wells <laughs> stupid accent or listening to a stupid <laughs> accent this entire movie it cuz it's such a bad accent from someone bad. who's like uh especially from someone who's like a respected actor yeah. Yeah. filmmaker
0: fresh off of and he's, one of the what many people consider one of the best movies ever made and then he goes yeah, and he's just
1: hamming <laughs> it up with this bad irish accent or something it's bonkers like, was he like a big this, movie
0: star at this time was was that the yeah, perception I think, of him
1: uh i think people were looking at yeah well because he had already this was i believe after war of the worlds maybe i might be wrong oh, really? i might be way off base because he'd done the war of the worlds broadcast that everyone oh
0: that's right i uh, thought was the yeah. real
1: alien invasion yeah, yeah yeah um he was he leads he's the lead actor in citizen kane he's playing kane uh, he's playing uh the main character there as well yep 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 and so he's not like an unknown product totally yeah this is after war of the worlds um at the time he was also like all the buzz in hollywood is like some kind of up-and-coming auteur yep uh that's what the movie that's part of what like the the drama in the movie mank is about
0: oh Um, interesting yeah yeah this is the only orson welles movie i have seen to date michael
1: that's well to be fair the only other movie i've seen with orson welles and beyond this one was uh was citizen kane
0: Ooh. um
1: actually and because of that one of the things that was hard to get out of my mind was hearing orson welles talk in this bad irish accent and actually <laughs> yes. not think of like parodies of orson Welles. oh yeah from, like movies like the from like shows like the critic or like uh like, I couldn't even, like, I was thinking Pinky and the Brain even before oh, I was wow. thinking Orson Welles proper. Because <laughs> I think the same voice actor for The Brain did a really good Orson Welles impression. <laughs> really? That's great. Um, so that was hard to clear out of my mind for a lot of this. But as far as, like, the movie The Lady of Shanghai, um, after, like, that breaking point, after the plot kind of actually, like, the actual plot yeah. shows up. Because for like an hour long, for an hour of this movie, that plot's not there. Yeah. And then you get to the actual, like, like this guy wants to fake his death, but then he actually dies. Mm-hmm. And and we've got our femme fatale doing the femme fatale thing, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, Orson has to go to court. He does. And there's like this insane court <laughs> sequence where the, the lawyer's just kind of running wild over the whole proceeding. Yep. And is clearly not taking any of this seriously. And then there's the, uh, there's, uh, Orson's character trying to get away. So there's this cool scene, I think in a Chinese opera house mm, Yes, that I enjoyed. And then there's just the wild fun house shootout. Yeah. That's crazy. That's very much coming from like that, that German expressionism art house scene. And you're getting like these crazy distorted shots. You've got them in like the the fun house mirrors and yes, like I loved that stuff. That stuff I had a lot of fun with to the point that it that I actually enjoyed the lady for, uh, that overall I enjoyed the lady from Shanghai. Mm, yes, despite absolutely hating that first half of the movie.
0: The the mirrors at the end, the mirrors shoot out for some reason. I associate mirrors with Citizen Kane. Is that a Citizen Kane thing also? Mirrors? I don't remember. It's don't been so long okay. since
1: I've seen Citizen Kane. Okay. It might be. I found that interesting. I know since Lady of Shanghai, that, that that mirror thing's been done other times after the fact. Ah
0: interesting. Like that
1: that's something that gets referenced and re and used in other movies. Yeah. Like uh Enter the Dragon has something like that. Really? Um, I can see uh, I'm, I'm visualizing a few other scenes where I know this this comes up and I can uh, John Wick Two does something with it. Oh, oh. Um, you're selling so me. like it's an inf- like it's an influential thing. Yeah. And it's but in, in, in Orson's hands, it's this also very weird. Yep. Kind of psych, almost psychedelic thing. It is.
0: Yeah. Very disorienting. Yeah. Because it's just like Which people makes- shooting mirrors. You just see a dude shooting a mirror a bunch. It's like, what's happening? I don't know what's happening, but yeah, it's, happening. it's
1: like, there's the, the one that stands out to me is the, you've got the, the lawyer, um, and he's shooting, but like the profile changes, ah, like the angle changes. Yeah. And it's just like, you see him lined up, but he's got like a different angle, every subsequent, like, uh, viewing of him. He, you can't see it. I'm making the motions with my hands right now. I'm talking ah, with my hands you. and you yes. can't see it. Um, Yeah, I loved that, though. That's like the if there's a moment in Lady of Shanghai that's going to stand out to me, it's that specific one shot. Mm -hmm. But. Or Samos knows how
0: to frame a shot, huh?
1: He knows how to frame that shot.
0: What the Lady of Shanghai, uh, in retrospect, kind of made me realize is that. a lot about a lot of how I felt about the characters is kind of how I ultimately felt about the movie. And I Mm. did not like Orson Welles's character very much in this movie, uh, because his accent's annoying and it started with him. (laughs) Like it started with him seeing this woman being drawn in a horse driven buggy or something. And he's like, Oh, hi. And then he starts walking further in the woods and then there's a bunch of bad guys and he's like narrating and he's like, well, I, I'm not a good fighter, but I was that night. And so he just beats the crap out of all of them. Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> uh, Seems like that's a vanity project you ask see. me, Michael. What's going on? Yeah, it's, it's silly. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and then there's like a whole will he or won't he with the woman that he sees who's married already and he's just Bumming around on this boat and he's like, Well, yeah. I like you, but I don't like you. You're married, but you don't like your husband, or is this uh It was like a soap opera. I didn't care about that stuff, but yeah. uh lawyer cross cross examining himself?
1: Yes, please. More of that or that someone. was amazing. That yeah, the lawyer cross examining himself. Um Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a yeah, laugh out yeah, of it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I think it's kind of as far as like we're talking noir tropes and stuff like that. This still has a few of those Ooh. that I think come up down the road. We've got the internal monologue yep. going on. Orson Welles is talking to himself with that Irish accent.
0: He <laughs> certainly is
1: um, <clears throat> narrating the plot, and it's and it's told. Um, you can tell it's told as like a as as a this has already happened. Yeah, yep, yep, he's yep. talking about in the past tense. Yeah. Um. I think there's some okay lines here and there too. I like how I do. It's really melodramatic and stupid, but I do like that. He introduced it as like, I started that story. I started the story thinking I was the hero or something. Oh really yeah. Corny. Yeah. Um, uh, outside of that, I wrote notes, but I don't remember. if I don't think there was anything really worth noticing that we haven't already talked about. um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess there are some references to nuclear bombs at one point that's maybe interesting. Oh,
0: really? I did not pick up on those.
1: Yeah, and they stood out to me because this is the first post-World War II movie. Oh, really? And I think this is when we start getting into... I mean, because film noir is discussed often as like a post-war genre. Weird. Um, That's weird to know now. And there's a reference to it in this that I thought... It stood out to me and it's like, okay, there's this is something that we're going to start seeing down the road and yeah i don't know if it's ever as explicit i don't know if we're getting like explicit references to the bombs maybe but it definitely matters for like when we get to to uh stray dog that that post-war oh. time period really kind of kicks in but yeah um yeah and i don't know i don't know if there's anything else really oh i i don't think orson welles knows how to shoot an action scene
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> makes you to say me. that, I don't think it was, uh, Just like every all the fight scenes were so they like they weren't really well choreographed. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. They weren't really well sequenced. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't fun to watch these things happen. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't know, but the some of the other stuff that I think was fun and I was I enjoyed the parts of Lady of Shanghai. Enjoyed I enjoyed very much absolutely so, um to a believe the point you ready to but, to move on yeah we hit all my film? notes michael what we got next all right so now i thought it would be kind of a good idea to uh, uh, film noir is often talked about as like an american genre yeah to the point that some critics are kind of poo poo other uh other movies made in the film noir style elsewhere really interesting um yeah it's semantic semantics arguments are really stupid yeah and they're really stupid in this case too but i wanted to kind of like move it away from the u.s into other parts of the world mm. which is why uh there were three movies on this list that come next and i think this is what we're still in like the the pure noir area era rather than like the 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 neo-noir or anti-noir stuff but uh yeah I wanted to I wanted to plug in something from the neck from the Mexican noir movement because mm-hmm. it's always talked it's talked about as this like understated forgotten era of film from the, that was actually a golden age for like Mexican cinema and I thought it was interesting I, I wanted to see what they did with it yeah um, so we've got the kneeling goddess on here um, we also watch death is a caress which is a norwegian film Mm -hmm. and also one of the it's the first norwegian film directed by a woman Mm -hmm. and i wanted to see if we could kind of mix it up with that too like now we've got this masculine genre being handled by a female director and also japan where akira kurosawa gets his start with some of these like not with his but like some of his first major movies and the ones that will appear on like his best of lists and stuff are a lot of them are these like crime dramas and these, these noir films. Cause um, so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about this as like a global thing. Yeah. And see kind of like, what does noir look like in these other parts of the world? Um Ooh. In the case of Mexico, it's stupidly melodramatic.
0: Oh yes, Michael. That is my first note. Me- melodrama at
1: its most melodramatic. Hey, yeah. So, the kneeling goddess, which is, it comes up as this, like, like, uh, as, as this canonical piece of Mexican noir, um, it's like this classic film in, in Mexico's golden age of cinema. Um, it's, it's also one of those ones where I was like, okay, so when we talk about noir movies, we're not just talking about people doing crimes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's happening here. Yeah. But, like, the central conceit of this movie is actually a love triangle. Yep. And you've got your crazy twists and stuff happening in there. And and it's still got those, like, these, like, stylish shots and stuff. People yeah. are still really melodramatic. Um, in Espanol. They are. They're speaking in Espanol. and uh what what'd you think of the kneeling goddess christian um
0: it wasn't uh hitting me like yeah no. um much like lady from shanghai not sold on the characters and so i wasn't really sold on the movie and unfortunately the kneeling goddess didn't have a crazy court scene to kind of hook me back in in the second half so it was a lot of for me i thought it was a lot of futzing around i didn't like the main character because he's you know Cheating on his wife and we're supposed to sympathize with him, I guess. But the guy, the woman he's cheating on his wife with is like scummy and she feels gross. And then his wife is like sick and dying. So can you get any more transparent than that? And then once his wife actually dies, it's like, why am I still here? Why is this guy still here? And thankfully he dies at the end so that I can be happy. And move on with my life.
1: Yeah, in Espanol. In Espanol.
0: Yes. What do you think um, of the kneeling goddess, Michael?
1: I liked it, but Ooh. this is where I realized I enjoy style a lot. Yes. Um, very style heavy guy because this Absolutely. is a very style stylish movie. I think totally. you've got like we're turning the camera on mirrors. We're we're telling the story through windows. We've got. Like, like we've got this big ballroom and we're going to use it creatively, I think, as far as what we do with the cameras and stuff. And I enjoyed a lot of that. Um, As far as the characters themselves and the actual plot, it's just like you've got this this industrialist who's cheating on his terminally ill (laughs) wife uh, with um, with a woman who I think is implied to be a. to be an escort really Ooh, and, Yeah, that was stimulus. the implication that I got I thought yeah I know um, but I think she loves him though genuinely yeah but we're taught to look at her as like some kind of succubus or seductress yeah. that's ruined this guy's life even though he's the one making the conscious decision to cheat on his wife and the one who's making the conscious decision to, uh, spoiler alert, kill someone. But who's he trying to kill? Mm-hmm. That's the twist. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah? I think I, it It was interesting to me how sex forward it was too. Ooh, yes. Like statue? for 1940. Yeah. Well, yeah, that statue probably wouldn't appear in an American movie. No. Not in the 40s at least. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of like to the point that you catch a little bit of the, the pillow talking foreplay too, which I don't think would have existed in Ooh. a, in an American film at this time either. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, that all stood out to me in a way that was very like, like, okay, this is interesting, I guess. Um, uh, some of the, the way that I, th- one of the things that I think is interesting about the noir genre is a lot of it kind of is very much of its time. Okay. So with the goddess, you've got, in industrializing Mexico where people suddenly who didn't have money before suddenly are rich. Oh, and interesting. I think some of that tensions there as well. Yeah. Um, like our main character is super duper rich and it's not,
0: at least it wasn't clear to me why that was.
1: Yeah. And we he's see like, him in like, a, like one boardroom meeting. Yeah. He owns a chemical company. I think got is has location.
0: He's got like a lab dude. He's got a lab in his <laughs> house, man. He's got, he's got poison in that lab.
1: Yeah um they definitely play up one of the female characters who i think is genuinely uh what's her name i can't think of her name uh maria felix who is she sings out of key but they give her a very major musical number halfway through. oh for some interesting um, yes i know which one you're talking about yes uh I like the twist in this movie. Mm. Uh they they lead early on to make it seem like he he killed his wife yes. intentionally. Yep. And then the twist, which this is what isn't in the YouTube oh, stream really? of this movie, is this it's that the reveal there that he was actually trying to kill uh the uh the woman he's having an affair yeah. with, his mistress. Yeah. Um I guess it seems like a big thing to leave out. And I thought it was an interesting, like It was kind of a cool twist because I didn't expect it. Yeah. But, um, and then the other twist at the end is that he didn't actually kill her. Her heart gave out because of her disease or whatever, but then he's still overcome with grief and his own life. Like Romeo (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Uh,
0: great. In jail, in a jail cell.
1: Yeah, at the end of this movie, this is one of those ones where I felt like uh, I just wasn't entirely sure what I was supposed to get away from it. But I liked the camera stuff a lot. I liked a lot of the the style in this movie a lot.
0: Yeah, I can see Um, how someone could get a lot out of like the symbology or some of the moments like when he gets the statue of his affair, Adulteress. Yeah. And he's just sitting there staring at it. And in the opposite foyer is a big picture of his wife. And then there's that dichotomy there and it's like the architecture and the furniture all looks very nice, but I wanted them to commit to something and go for it, man. I wanted someone to be scummy as hell. I wanted someone to be completely nasty, but it felt to me like they were hemming and hawing, over the course of the runtime, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the main character, we think that he kills his wife. And I'm like, OK, OK, let's make this guy a scumbag. Let's see how far he can push himself. Let's show me kill show. Show me him trying to kill the adulteress now, because that is exactly what someone like him would do. But no, he didn't. He didn't actually kill her, but he never finds that out, really. So I guess he wasn't really bad, but he thought he was bad. And then his adulteress is, like, trying to convince him to leave his wife. But then, like, she's she's also, like, supposed to be sympathetic at the end because she's crying about her main character dying. I wanted someone to be freaking nasty, Michael. I thought that's where we were going. I wanted some nastiness. And I just got I mean melodrama.
1: Yeah. To to the point that you have the main character standing in a rainstorm looking at the statue, yeah. like, mm. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, I do think like it, it was weird to me because I, I felt like they did want to they they really wanted to make the the main character sympathetic and make it his story his like his fall from grace. Yeah. but from the beginning he's terrible. Yeah. He's cheating on his his terminally ill wife. He decides to kill someone and he's the one deciding to do it. Mm-hmm. Um I never I don't know if, if if uh the his his uh mistress ever actually told him to kill for her. Yeah. Um but he sure for half this movie we we were led to believe he wanted to, and then for the l latter half of this movie we led to we were told he genuinely wanted to murder his mistress.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so he's
1: a murderer regardless. Love like, it. Like I don't
0: know. It's weird. There's love in there. Love makes you do silly things, Michael, especially if you're in Mexico or Spain.
1: Yeah. Accidentally killing your wife. Oopsie doopsie.
0: I hate it when Um, I'm trying to strangle my adulteress, but I don't quite finish the
1: job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to stalk her to Panama. (laughs) Follow her all the way to a Panama and stare at her from as a <sighs> drunken. You're a good man. Grieving. Um, speaking of melodramas ooh, from other countries ooh. that are kind of farty. Yes. Uh, Death is a caress. Yes. Which is our second movie our, our other one of our other melodramatic movies on this list. I did not like it. Mm-hmm. Um Except it was even worse because it didn't have that style to hook me. Ooh, in. yeah. It was just this really boring like affair with these unbelievable characters who yeah. don't act like real people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like so. This is so. What's worth noting about Death Is a Curse is this is one of the first, I believe it's like the first Norwegian war movie, or at least one of them. It's the first movie in Norway directed by a female director, Edith Car- uh Karlmar. Um
0: that's impressive 1949 yeah. Michael. that's insane
1: yeah and, and these are things that i think are worth mentioning and you do get a bit of like these these noir tropes into it like these these yeah. internal monologues there's a little bit of uh um i think there's a little bit of a class story to it oh, too yeah yeah like yeah class tension the whole movie is a flashback it starts in the whole the the movie future. is a flashback um you're talking class
0: tensions man is uh poorer than the woman
1: Yep, yep. And I think that, that that's a clear tension here. Yep. Um but uh worth also worth noting there was a moment in this movie that I genuinely laughed at <gasps> that I think it was supposed to laugh at. Really? I'm glad that that we had this like exchange. He's in like the park with um his his fiancee yep. who he later ditches for the rich for the rich woman. Yep. And is they're about to leave, they look up, and there's this uh police officer tapping the key yeah. off grass sign, and he's like, <clears throat> <laughs> yes. and it just cuts away right after that and I was like, "Okay, yes, I liked it. That's good.
0: There was one scene that made me laugh. I don't think it was intentional, but um uh there's uh shots where he's he's hanging around in his room and he's got a picture." of his fiance sitting there. And I think we see that on more than one occasion. And then eventually he ends up leaving his fiance for the older femme fatale. And hmm. uh, later on, we see him in his room after engaging in the relationship with the the other woman. And he's got the picture of her sitting next to his nightstand now instead. Yeah. And I just loved how doofy that was that he's just got the picture of his current girl just sitting there, whichever yeah. one it is. It doesn't matter. Yep. His life is the same regardless.
1: Uh yeah. The other okay. Ooh. the other nice thing I want to say about this movie is that I liked some of the montage stuff that it was Ooh. doing. It was surreal in a way that I, I, that I could get behind, like when he's in a drunken stupor or whatever. Oh yes. And yes. We get like, we get shots cutting in and out, mm-hmm. and they're fading in and out of each other. That was kind of fun. Absolutely. I liked some of that stuff. There's a um, shot
0: early on that I thought was a fun transition where, um, the main character is pouring himself a glass of some alcohol and then it cuts to someone, a different character, Pouring something into a glass. And I was like, oh, it feels like some artsy fartsy we'd see today, let alone not in yeah. 1949. Yeah. Hot
1: dog. It's one of those things where maybe I'm like to go back. I think I had said that this didn't have a style that I like. There was a that stuff like that. I actually enjoyed. They, like I think there's like editing in this movie. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a stabbing
0: uh, later on uh, when the our main character is stabbing his uh, wife femme fatale that he elopes mm-hmm. with and it doesn't actually show the act but it just shows like blood dripping onto a pamphlet on the floor i thought that was
1: very yeah. effective i like that a lot and there is one final shot in this movie when he's alone in the jail so that i really liked Ooh, ooh, why, why is that like you get the light you get the light coming through the window and that's the only source of light and it's like shining on him ish Otherwise the rest of the jail cell is just this plain dark thing. And I liked it because it felt more it felt surreal and out of world more out of worldly than yeah. than the rest of the movie. Totally. Um and I liked it. It felt more like like something you would see in like a psychedelic film or like a, a dystopian film. Yeah. Or something. Interesting. But instead it's in this melodrama yeah. I liked about I liked how conceptually different it was.
0: I liked how Yeah. Man leaves good-looking fiancé for older, I guess, slightly more affluent woman who's married? That seems weird. Like, you don't... I I can't think of any other scenario in which I have seen that framework replicated. I've always seen, like, the shoe on the other foot in terms of genders or sexes. Never this way around. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah. So... Yeah, actually, yeah, no, I know. I like that. It was an interesting twist of the dynamic, and I do – yeah, I'm with you. Yeah? Um, anything else you want to say about Death No, that's caress? all I had, Michael. Death is, is a Possible crash. to find on the internet, another one of those ones, even though it would feel like it would be at home in, like, the Criterion Collection or something.
0: Totally. But. Totally. I want to watch this
1: –
0: allow people to watch this movie at something other than 240p on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um and that they don't have to search for it. I don't even think like you'd find it. No, it had the Norwegian title. Yeah. You'd have to find the Norwegian yep. title, but yeah. Yep. Um. So to move on, wow. I would like to get to what actually is one of my favorite movies on the on really? list. Really? My favorite movie on this list. Uh, Stray Dog. Oh,
0: okay. I don't know.
1: I don't, I, I, I guess I'm a sucker for Kurosawa. Yes. At least, so, um, when he's on his A game, I really like his work. Uh, I love this movie. I love how the story is about how he loses his gun. Yes. Uh, I love that it's another movie where we get to see Kurosawa directing uh, Samurai Dad and Samurai Grandpa. Of course. Of course. Uh, We've got Toshiro uh, Toshiro Mifune and we've got uh, Takashi Shimura again. That's right. Yeah. The duo from... uh, Seven Samurai? Yeah, they're from Se- Seven Samurai, the, the big one. Yeah, they're also in Rashomon together. They're Ooh, in. I didn't know that. You and I, when we when we'd last done this with the Yakuza films, they were both in uh, uh, Drunken yes. Angel as well. Yes, they were. It's just like this is like this is a it's they feel like two actors, especially Toshiro and Mifune, who are very much paired with Kurosawa. It's like it feels like one of those kinds of like situations where you've got the director and his cast. Yeah, it, like. And these are the cast members that have to be in this director's movie, even though that's not necessarily the case later on. But they're like, it feels like one of those iconic relationships, the way maybe Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson mm. is or or something.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The the Shimura. I love seeing that, dude. I, I just really, really liked him in Seven Samurai. So Whenever I see him again, I'm, yeah. it gives me the warm fuzzies.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, and that's – when he showed up in this, it was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. It's, it's these two back at it again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this time they're founding the buddy cop film genre. Mm. Um, mm, back at it again with the white vans, you could say.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what do you Gotta think keep... of Stray Dog, Christian? Well, Michael, I was not a big fan of Stray Dog. I thought it really meandered for me. Okay. I didn't know what I was – What I was in for, Detective Mifune loses his gun, so he kicks around town for a little bit, finds a woman, tails the woman, finds out a potential lead on his gun, finds out someone got shot with his gun, so he finds the guy who has his gun, and then beats him up. They got a little fight, and then the guy who stole his gun cries, and then he gets his gun back, and then happily ever after?
1: You're missing the parts where there's a baseball game.
0: There is a baseball game. There is a baseball game, Michael. There's a baseball
1: game here. What the heck is
0: Japanese baseball, dude? It looks cool. I want to watch some.
1: Yeah, I was. One of the things I had said after I was watching this uh, was that I want to go to a baseball game again. Those stands
0: are freaking packed
1: yeah um the other there's this very long bore <laughs> this weird sequence involving uh a dancer character which yeah that's right yeah uh kurosawa i think struggles with female characters more generally and boy was that underlined here um <laughs> yeah. but uh
0: give me give me the hook michael what is it that hooks you into stray dog and keeps you compelled
1: I think so many crime movies are about shootouts, and so many crime movies are like these masculine things with yeah. with gunfights and ah. people who are in control of a situation. Yeah, and the entire point of this movie is is that this he does not have a gun. Is that he 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 loses control? Yes, he's emasculated. He loses Ooh. his gun. Ooh, um,
0: did they not have Viagra back then, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, this is post-war Japan, so. Uh, Ooh. Maybe they're smuggling it in or something. I don't good. know. Uh, good, good. Uh, I'm going to probably Wikipedia the creation of Viagra after this podcast. Think, <laughs> yeah. um, when did E.D. Medicine be? Uh, no. Um, but I just I like that that set up a lot. I like that it's grimy in the way that I kind of wanted it to be. Totally. We're getting a little of that social commentary in there as well. Uh, yes. You know, this part where mifune's character has to, uh has to has to pretend to be poor for a, a longer period of time than i remembered because this is the second time i've seen this movie really um and like the setup he he looks like he's a veteran from from uh world war ii because we're right after world war ii and you're getting into like tokyo here seems like it's it's definitely seen better days and this is this yeah is, We're in a grimy period of time. And I I liked a lot of that zeitgeist to it. Um, Yeah. Everyone's so hot. There's fans
0: everywhere. Everyone's sucking on a popsicle. Everyone's hot, Michael, including the dog that the movie starts with. It's just panting.
1: It's a hot dog. It's such a hot dog. Um, So I liked a lot of that stuff about it. And I think because of that, I was able to overlook the things that I didn't like, which is where the The plot does drag on at times. And I really didn't like when we got to this, this dancer character, because so much of yeah. this movie felt grounded in a way. Okay. Yeah. That especially coming off of like death as a caress and yeah. coming off of the kneeling goddess, which were very melodramatic. This one felt more like, like people are normal, at least more normal <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and they're reacting to the world around them. And up until at least this, this, this dancer character who I think is melodramatic in the more mm-hmm. like in that sense, isn't acting totally. like a real person necessarily. Like yeah. she's got this crazy sequence where she's wearing the dress and spinning around or lightning's in the background. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, come on. <laughs> it's like, come <laughs> on, we don't need this. Like if yeah. I was cutting anything from this movie, I'd probably cut all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, But like the stuff I liked about this movie, I really liked.
0: Yeah. I liked the sequence where um, towards the beginning, he's chasing the woman to try and get a lead on where his gun is. Yeah. And he's just like follows her. He's just following her around. That was great because I'm like, boy, that would suck. I guess. I guess if I was the woman in this situation, what would I do? I don't know. This dude just won't stop following me. And she was nice enough to give him a little hint. Yeah, it's creepy
1: though too. It is. It's just Creesh. like he's like this guy is just behind her. Yeah, all day. Yikes! No, thank sure you, he's Michael. a cop, but he doesn't look necessarily like a cop. And uh, yeah, it's just like it's like, kind of creepy. I don't know. But hey, if um, it was
0: Mifune following me, I tell you what, I'd shake that man's hand.
1: I would just string him along so he keeps following me. Oh, I just <laughs> want him there. Um. And actually, that's one of the things that I thought was interesting is all the female characters in this movie. Um, I think Kurosawa in general struggles with this stuff. And like I had said, but yeah, um, it's interesting because I liked this pickpocket character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even when she drifted into like into like the more melodramatic thing, it felt like something that maybe someone who was genuinely tired might say if they're trying to like comfort this newbie that they know is like a newbie here and, and it felt like a genuine interaction, but then, and it was so striking compared to this dancer character compared to the innkeeper's wife who, (laughs) who has to have, who has to make a comment to the baby that spoils the whole thing and leads the killer to, to shoot uh, spoiler alert to shoot Mifune's partner, uh, Mm -hmm. Shimura's character, detective Sato yep uh yeah i just i eh. yeah it, it was interesting to me that it runs that fulguma because it's like okay we've got actually a decent enough female character and then suddenly it's like nope 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 <laughs> every time the plot gets fucked up it has to be because of of, of a woman <laughs> thanks kurosawa
0: kurosawa <laughs> just gonna kurosawa michael what are you gonna do
1: <laughs> he's just gotta do what he does all right and we'll come back for Seven Samurai or something i don't know um yeah, but I liked it though. I don't know. And there was like, uh, you still get some of these noir, these noir motifs in here. You've got like there's jazz music played here and Ooh, there. There there's, is yes. It's it's very much like owning this urban setting. This it's in a way that I think the noir genre kind of does. Especially in this case, it's like you are in Tokyo and it goes yeah. Be above and beyond to show you Tokyo uh, mm-hmm. after the war. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Really like Kurosawa's directorial style. There's like a scene where he pans across like a couple of like uh, the structures or whatever out in the out in town and just following Mifune while he walks through them. Great stuff. Longer shots in these Kurosawa movies. Michael, I like that. I like how he frames things
1: yeah yeah and like with conversations and stuff like that you don't get this like we're looking at one character saying something and then we go switch to the other person saying something they're all in the same frame at like different at like different uh parts of the frame they're different they're not like right next to each other you've got someone in the background talking to someone in the foreground or you've got someone in between them who's who's in the foreground well they're in the background or and in the cameras held there like you it's like it's it's held there for a bit so the actors actually have to act in Mm -hmm. the scene they're actually Mm -hmm. there um yeah which that's more of like a kurosawa thing in general And, and yeah um yeah i don't know if there's anything else really to talk about with this one if there's anything you want to anything you think is worth adding anything else you'd like to add or no
0: I don't have I don't really have much to note on straight on Michael thought the Mifune tale and the girl was cool I liked uh, his partner getting shot uh, <laughs> that scene after his partner gets shot I liked how that uh, caused a little bit of an emotional stopgap in the film with uh, Mifune's character kind of sort of being responsible for that that gave it a nice layer of complication to things give them some moral anguish with the circumstances i thought that was a great addition and plot point and i also thought the confrontation at the end was pretty neat and that yeah this nice little pile of reeds or whatever they sat in and then the the dude that he confronts the dude with his gun he just like
1: screeches and i was like holy crap this feels yeah. real this is uh, weird and like there's this crazy contrast because there's like class of kids in the background yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh the uh the, the there's the woman playing piano who stops to look for the source of a gunshot and then just goes back to playing piano ooh, yeah. as they're being chased ooh, ooh. there's this cool shot yeah. where they're in the train yard mm-hmm. um there's, I do like that. By the end of this, he's like doing his own detective work. He's like calming himself down, and he's like, "Wait, this person had to have been fleeing in the rain yesterday. So look for someone who's muddy." Yeah, like he figures yes. it out on his own. Um, uh, I like that he gets emotional in a way that doesn't seem self-destructive. The way we saw with some of the the melodramatic characters yeah. beforehand, or yeah. And he's also not this masculine character who's who's just like exerting bravado over the whole plot. He's he's a genuinely emotional person. Yeah. Um, It's not this like this this straight shot of masculinity that that like Humphrey Bogart's character in in, uh, Maltese Falcon is showing or like Orson Welles character is showing. Yeah. And Lady from Shanghai.
0: So, yeah. In the pantheon of Cursour Works, Michael, where does Stray Dog sit? Where does it hang for you?
1: Uh, uh for me it's my favorite of his crime dramas that I've seen so far. Wow. I oh I do no. really like Drunken Angel. Yeah, yeah. But I it's, think it's, I like
0: this a little more than Drunken Angel.
1: Okay. Okay. I think this is a, that is a rational choice because I think I am with you. So Really? I think I agree with you.
0: Consensus has been made.
1: Yeah, I like it better than some of his samurai movies, but not all of them. But that's well, a conversation. He's got a lot of
0: samurai of movies.
1: He does, and um, but we'll save that for the samurai cast when Carly and of Tucker course. go to uh, destroy the Death Star or whatever it is they <laughs> do. Um, so what so, you got okay. next,
0: Michael? Hit me. Yeah.
1: So we've we've done America. We've done a bit of these America cla- American classics. We've taken a global a bit um so let's 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 put our berets on get our Ooh. our big pack of smokes oui, uh, oui. yeah, yeah, get the accordion going, and let's talk about a pair of French movies we watched mm-hmm. uh Rafifi and breathless um yes Rafifi, I really like Rafifi yeah uh, I do I think the the fact the heist scene is this like quiet thing with no music no yes. no talking instead it's just them doing it it's all it, it feels tense in a way It feels claustrophobic yes. in a way you get light yes. it's so dark except when these little bits of light shine through i yeah. really like the high sequence mm-hmm. um yeah i i yeah. liked a lot of that stuff that it was a fun movie to watch because it felt like something I it felt like it was clear where it wanted to go with things yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um get a clear structured story the ending the like with the kid is Rick, like it gets a little weird there it does in a way i wasn't expecting like it was really childish yeah in a way that i definitely wasn't expecting and it initially threw me off and in hindsight i think it's kind of a cool decision even though i don't know if i liked watching it yeah um but i can appreciate where it comes from absolutely but yeah i don't know i enjoyed Rafifi. Yeah. Do you like Rafifi? Oh, Michael.
0: I loved Rafifi so, so, so Ooh. much. I think this is one of my newfound favorite movies of all time. Freaking love Rafifi. Thank you, Michael, for recommending Rafifi. It has changed my life.
1: It's fun. It's, it's a good you. movie. I'm glad. I'm <gasps> glad we both agree. that It's a good movie. Um, oh,
0: man. Where has this movie been in my life? How have I not heard about Rafifi? This is so good, Michael. This is good. French heist movie. I'm sold. That's all you got to tell me. Yeah. Thank what about you, it?
1: Michael. What did you like about it so much? Uh, I'm surprised it's that it's this so, positive.
0: It's so tight, Michael. It's just so efficient. It all works so well. I think it's just like phenomenally written. This movie is like ingenious. Like every piece is like, has an explanation behind it. There's there's more behind every single portion of this plot and the characters. I like that so much. The heist scene not only in itself is great, but it also has scenes leading up to it that cause all of the tension during that heist scene. And they build tension so phenomenally well when they're doing things like testing the alarm system. They get an alarm system in there, and that's how they set up. This alarm system can screw up their day. If anything goes even mildly wrong. So for the entirety of the high sequence, whenever they're making like a noise, it's always like clenching. It's like, Oh boy, this could be it. Oh my gosh. And just like seeing this alarm system just felt so menacing. It works so well framing this whole movie around this man who was just recently gotten out of jail makes wonderful sense. It makes sense why he would be so methodical with all of his planning and why he would be a little hesitant, but is um love interest ex-wife not really into him so much anymore so he's like screw it let's do it let's get the band back together again but i'm going to be careful i'm going to make sure we do this right and so he tries to make sure they do it right but of course it goes wrong because yeah. of a man's foolish greed
1: there's all uh, yeah they give him a cough in the beginning of the movie. They do. Yes. Tony <laughs> has a cough and that is such a good tool totally, for like building up that drama oh, for like yes. what could go wrong. He could just cough and tr- and screw the whole thing up. Yes. So there's like this little bit of it that's out of control. And I, that's a great tool. There's this performance of the song Rafifi during it with like a yeah. silhouette dancing that I yeah. think is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah know, it's just a good movie and then yeah. at the end with the way it plays out where all of it kind of no one got the money in the end it, yeah and this like this 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 need to try to get all this this uh to, to try to uh successfully pull off this heist just blows up in everyone's face mm-hmm. and kills everyone i think works too um yeah. know, it's just a fun movie yeah yeah, yeah. why it's a good couldn't movie.
0: rogue one be like rafifi michael
1: This is a question for for that's a this is a very good question because Rogue One's kind of doing the same story. Mm. Mm. Is it not?
0: Mm. Hmm. It's a little different, I suppose. But holy crap, Rafifi, Michael, you mentioned the the dance sequence. And I think that's kind of the when I was thinking about this uh, movie in retrospect in my brain, that's kind of like the one sequence that I feel like was a little bit of filler and padding. Yeah. Even then. Like, they're setting up the culture surrounding these, you know, mobsters who are going in and stealing stuff. Like, they're so cool. They're so suave. They do what they want. They get what they want at the end of the day. And the entire movie afterwards just shows how that's all fantasy and not reality. Mwah. Mwah. Yeah. Thank you, French.
1: Mwah. And there's... One of the other things I wanted to talk about with Tony's character is how they present him as both like this family man because he's carrying – like he cares for this. When they show him – when he gets out and he meets with his – I think his name is Joe, the other French character. And he's like Joe's kid's grand uh, godfather. Yeah. Yeah. So they show him having like this nice familial relationship. But they also show him that he's an abuser. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just like this, they make him out to be this complicated person, like as someone who you can respect, but also, you know, he's not a good man. And they make yep. a point to show that. And yep. they give him that kind of like moral ambiguity that I think works well for this plot where he's going to be killing people. Absolutely. Things are going to go south and people are going to die. And he's probably going to be the one pulling at least some of those triggers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is exactly what happens. But Exactly. Holy
0: crap, Michael! More people should watch Rafifi. I think.
1: I agree. I really like Rafifi, and actually, talking about Rafifi now makes me want to go back and rewatch Rafifi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and too also, bad it's not on any streaming services.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I am blown away, and I am especially surprised. Like, I had never heard a peep about this movie, and when I started looking at it, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, the the heist movie, the the silence, the twenty minutes of silence, or whatever." I'm glad I didn't know that beforehand because it was. Really, really awesome to see firsthand and having that tension and not yeah. knowing and being able to just bask in it. Oh, so good! Using an umbrella to catch debris so it doesn't shake
1: the alarm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The umbrella shot too is just such a good shot because you get the way the way the light just kind of works with the dust falling down and then with the umbrella popped out. It just it's so good. It's all Man. good. It's good. Did you I see this
0: movie in a movie theater, Michael?
1: No. No. Okay. I, you said you had to go to the library or something? Se- this to- is the first time I'd actually seen it. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I just I'd heard about it in the past. I was like, this might be the the excuse to try to plug Rafifi in somewhere. Yeah. And then we watched it. And it was Thank good. you, Michael.
0: I deeply appreciate it. You are the best. Rafifi is awesome.
1: But then I I feel like maybe I need to apologize for the Ooh. next pick. Ooh,
0: yes, yes. Okay, okay. Breathless. I'm, I'm locked in. 1960. 1960. Fast forward five years. John
1: Luke Gardard's, it's his, it's his debut film, Breathless. The, uh, one of those movies that critics are like, this is one of the best films ever made. Seriously, wow. Oh, um, This is his first film? This is his first film, I think. Wow, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Uh, I wrote the words art, 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 art a lot yeah. in my notebook. Um, I feel like if there's a reason people think of like French films as pretentious and dumb, yeah, this is maybe maybe it carries at least carries at least some of the blame for it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just so. I I don't want to step on any toes. How do you feel mm. about uh, about Breathless?
0: I was. Pleasantly surprised, Michael. I thought Breathless was a cool movie.
1: Oh, good. Okay, okay.
0: It's got say, some style. It's weird because it's weird. I'm not. I don't consider myself an enjoyer of Tour de Forces of film. I yeah. don't. I don't know. I don't sit down and watch. What? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I haven't watched Moonlight. I guess that that strikes me. Or Boyhood. Are those yeah like big emotional? things pieces uh, or something
1: confess that i've never seen boyhood but i love moonlight but it's very much like a yeah film. or
0: like roma you know like yeah. the, the big movies that are like the art house movies you know that you feel like you got to sit down in a nice theater or in a nice setup and watch i'm yeah, glad i didn't yeah. know that going into breathless because i saw like breathless just like sitting there and watching this crazy person this dude that probably has some kind of problems going on (laughs) just tearing up shop and just living his life as much as he possibly can before it inevitably catches up to him
1: babe come have sex with me and go to rome
0: It's so weird. That's that's why I was. That's what entertained me with this movie was that main character because he's just so weird, (laughs) and I don't know how you write dialogue for this man. Like my brain does not work this way. Like every word out of this man's mouth, I found interesting because I'm like, how how do you make these connections? How do you just make up that this person owes you money or something so you can just walk away from this person and drop yourself into this scenario? Like he is. He is riffing nonstop. It's like he's ad libbing through life, and that would just give me insane anxiety. How does this man do it, Michael?
1: Because I kind of hated him. Oh, absolutely. Like he's a terrible human being. He certainly is. Um, Not a good. The way they introduce him, though. Yeah. It's just like that, and it's like I think it's like an iconic shot at this point. Yeah. He's got the cigar in his mouth. He's got the the hat. down over his eyes you're looking up at him and he's just and he's 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 cocked his face up a bit he's smug he's like he he's like he owns the world even though he really doesn't he's not in charge of this plot at all
0: yeah
1: i like that um complete utter asshole the entire (laughs) film he spends the entire time trying to have sex with this american girl um forcing himself on other people like Hey you owe me money or something or yeah. or i don't know all after he's on the run for for shooting this cop yeah in the parisian in the in the French countryside yeah uh like as an art as a as like a film a film a a a, a, a italicized f i l u m yes yes uh I think it's really cool like there's a lot of visual style to this a lot of flair a lot of creative editing a lot of creative shooting yeah a lot of creative setting up pieces um like i I, it it was kind of maybe boring to a bit but also the fact so much of like the middle part of this movie is just set in this dank cramped parisian apartment yeah yeah and it's just this drama between uh, this this, this douchy Frenchman and this American,
0: yeah,
1: uh, woman who's trying to write for Harper's Weekly or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was Har- no, it was the Herald, the New That's York Herald. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just like those kinds of decisions. I really like. There's this press conference scene, press conference where they're talking scene. with this author, Ooh, and yes, I yes. loved it. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, she's firing yeah. some questions at him, Michael.
1: And he's not answering them. And no. when he answers them, he's answering them like a complete asshole as yeah. well. <laughs> like everyone's an asshole in this totally. movie. Except for maybe the, the, the detective who's like showing up all over the place and is like Yeah. Look, just tell me what you need to tell me. Like I yeah. like it's like like he's dealing with these I I don't know. But uh like I it was hard for me, I think, to level with this film because so much of it was this this douchey character yeah. just monologuing to himself. Totally, yeah. And then complaining about everything else going on. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's being a dick and I don't I don't know. Like I oh, they all owe me money and, and, yeah. and extremely unsympathetic is what you're saying, huh? Have sex with me and go to Rome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you don't want to work on your career. Go to Rome. Yeah. Well,
0: I was very discombobulated in the first, like, 20 minutes, probably. I yeah. had no idea what was happening because it shows him, like, hot wearing a car and then driving. And then cops show up and he doesn't want the cops for some reason. So he pulls over and shoots a cop. And that's where I'm like, OK, what? Excuse me. And he just keeps going. And there's, like, nothing that happens. But he's, like, a wanted murderer now. What is happening but after i settled into it i was able to kind of get past that i think because i think if i wasn't able to i would have liked this movie a lot less and then yeah after i understood what the movie was and it was just this dick running around and doing dick things i went back and watched the beginning again and realized that the beginning like the first 10 minutes of this movie is like the last 10 minutes, essentially, where one of his schemes is probably ending his woman fling that he's having him having uh, he's having her help him with whatever he's doing next. He gets into the car, hotwires it, and he's out of Dodge because he just did something that he shouldn't be around for anymore. And he's about to do the same thing in the next town that he's in.
1: It just so happens to be Paris. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of fun watching the things unravel for him too, you yeah. know, like, cause you're getting the headlines that yeah. going across the, the, yep. the like the chirons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in the papers, like police closing in on Michelle. Yep. People and, looking at him funny. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that was kind of fun. Like it's a fun, the way things play out, I think can it can be fun with this movie. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The, his counterpart, the, uh, the American Exchange student, journalist, intern. Yes. Yes.
0: How'd you feel about her? I don't know. I didn't know how to feel about her, really. She was very... I liked how she didn't always buy his bullcrap. I appreciated that. But yeah. then also, she kind of inevitably does. But I did like also how she sells him out. But she also like follows him and helps him out. So it's... It's weird. I don't know if I can fit her in a nice small box the way I can. The protagonist who's just a dick, you know? Yeah. What what do you feel about the love interest of the film, Michael?
1: Uh, I like this movie more when she showed up, when there became more of like a – uh, like it became more than just this, this, this French asshole yeah, yeah. trying to get money and get to Rome or whatever. Once, once she's there, like there's someone who can play off of him and yes. fight with him and also has her own motivations because yep. she's trying to work on her career. She's got a job with the New York Herald. Maybe she's interviewing director or not director, uh, authors. Yep. Um, like once it became more like there's more here than just this one guy who's who's who I found really unlikable, but also could kind of enjoy some of what was going on around him. Yeah, and I also think the actor Belmondo, just sells the hell out of him. Yeah, in a way that that worked really well. Um, totally, he's chain smoking like none other. Yeah, he gave gave all the audience cancer too. Um, <laughs> the uh, there's a part. Where he stares at like this, 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 yeah. uh this drawing or yeah. this, 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 I don't want to say it's a, it might be a photo. Yeah. This printout of Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, fuck <laughs> you, John Luke Goddard. I know what you're doing and I hate you, but I kind of liked it a lot too because yeah. yeah. it's so st- it's like, this is such a, an obvious thing, totally. and it's, but I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stood out to me more than it would had I not seen Maltese Falcon, because otherwise I would have been like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one of those ones where I kind of feel bad for picking it, though, because it is such a, I think it's such a kind of like a, an off kilter movie. And also very much famous for being like a deconstruction of, yeah. of these like noir tropes. yeah. And I think it's obvious that that's what it's trying to be because of that Bogart scene. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and also, like you mentioned,
0: I timed it, and 25 minutes, nearly 25 minutes of this hour and a half long movie takes place in a tiny apartment with this dude <laughs> just talking to this woman. Yeah,
1: he's he's making phone calls in his underwear about how <laughs> he he how how this guy owes him money. yeah. And, yeah. And, and even though even as it becomes increasingly clear he's not going to get it he's still like don't worry babe he owes me money or something yeah or,
0: yeah yeah what
1: a weird man what a weird man
0: you'd have to be a weird person to write this man's dialogue michael i tell you what
1: apparently this is jean-luc Godard's most uh accessible movie really oh which yikes. is crazy to me oh no um there's some parts where like they're talking at the camera too. And I kind of enjoy it. That. <laughs> yeah, that's There's right. There's some fourth wall. I don't think it's like outright fourth wall busting, but he's yeah. like talking directly at the audience. It's kind of fun. And then it's like, it, it kind of fits into that like really weird, uh, very slapdash like editing style. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Lots of hard cuts that yes. are
0: almost montage in a way, but. Almost, uh, but kind of not, because it's like the character in the same spot, like when he's driving the car, there's a lot of hard smash cuts of him still driving, but slightly later on in his journey. It's very strange the way it does that.
1: Yeah. So Breathless is an interesting movie. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you kind of want to fit into it. No, I, I'm about tapped I down on my, Breathless. My piece. Uh, I find it to be a little inaccessible, but also enjoyable in its own way. And I think I'm I, I'm going to probably rewatch it again after wow, sometime yes. within the next couple of days because I do now that I've seen it, I want to go in with it, with, go in to watch it with an intent to kind of like process it a little mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Um. Uh. Now that that kind of like initial shock can be like worn off, and I can be like, all right, now let's see what's actually going mm-hmm. on as he's. Complaining about <laughs> needing to go to Rome. Are you a film student, Michael? A film. I love film. We love film. Yes. Breathless, 1960, Frenchman. We love Frenchman. Of course. Um, so speak so you ready to shake things up a bit though? Ready yeah, on, let's huh? shake them up. Okay. Michael. So I want to be mindful of the time because we've been talking for a bit now, but we've still got a couple more movies. Um uh, getting into neo noir. Now mm. we're in like the the gritty seventies. You know, things are are muggy and sluggy, yeah. and like like Vietnam Wars happen, so everyone's angry and up in arms. We're in the post civil rights movement. Yeah. Um. Um. We're we're post great society. So suddenly poverty's on the mind too, and and. Uh-oh we're talking the we're gonna lead in with shaft he's a cool dude complicated man no one understands except (laughs) for his woman and uh he's he's sexing everyone Mm -hmm. and shooting everyone else and Mm -hmm. playing the cops for fools and the gangsters for fools Mm -hmm. um i think shaft is like aesthetically a masterpiece i think i had fun with this movie a lot just because it's like this this it's just this this detective character and it's based off of like a, a noir novel um that's completely recast as uh kind of in in uh relative to the times um the intention was to recast him at to recast the story as a Black American story. The directors, really? the first prominent Black director in Hollywood. Oh wow! Uh, the the audience in mind isn't the, your average white white film goers. It's your they wanted to be able to expand this to a Black audience. So we're throwing in funk. We're throwing in we're making we're throwing a lot of aesthetic choices relevant. Uh, uh, being, we're, we're taking a lot of the aesthetics from the black power movement and things like that without necessarily making it explicitly a black power movement yeah uh, movie but uh so we've got shaft here he's wearing these leather jackets these sick leather jackets he's saying fuck you to the police while he's doing all of this because the cops <laughs> yes. are either corrupt or incompetent in this with the exception <laughs> of the one detective um who's like his keeper and also who, who kind of like comes off as like his keeper but is also kind of only involved when Shaft wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got him in his private detective office. We've got him throwing people out of his private detective office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just an insane movie. Ton of fun. I liked it a lot. I don't know. How did you feel about Shaft? The best and
0: worst thing I can say about Shaft, Michael, is that the opening Academy Award-winning theme song <laughs> made me imagine... A better film than it really is. it did
1: yes okay
0: it starts out with who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks shack yeah. you're damn right
1: uh there's some of that
0: there certainly is bit. he sexes two chicks in the film michael because he you does. see if it was just one chick he would not be a sex machine he would just be your average noir detective but it's two chicks because there's it's one true. chick in the bar and this man's like, she's got the donkers, And he's like, OK, I understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he he like kicks her out and she says something about closing the door yourself. Shitty. And, and <laughs> and that's like, like, yeah, a recurring
0: joke for some reason. Yeah. yeah. That's and the so last line okay.
1: of the film for some reason. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is the last line. Oh, <laughs> my God. I forgot. That's the exact note they ended on. Um, Bizarre. Yeah, I think I had fun with this movie, but at the same time, I think, yeah, it's it's not I guess it's not like uh, I think it's more the aesthetic. That's kind of the groundbreaking part of it, because as far as like an actual narrative, it's not I thought there's going to be
0: more shooting dudes, I think. But that might be because I saw the first thing I saw was like uh, him leather clad shooting the gun or whatever the image of Shaft. And that's like from the end of the movie. And I really liked that ending sequence, the infiltration of the building in order to save the daughter good stuff there and yeah i guess i i don't know i guess i was anticipating more of an action movie whereas he <laughs> kicks some people out of the apartment in the beginning Mwah, like that and then it's mm-hmm. it kind of flat line for me where it's building up the plot you know this guy needs his daughter the cops want him to help them and then he's gonna be like, okay, what am I gonna do? And then he's gotta find more information out about the daughter, and then most of the movies that until the end sequence, which was pretty great. There's a lot of fun stuff popping off. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I guess that that, that Academy Award winning theme song, Michael, I thought I thought it was gonna be firing on all cylinders the whole time.
1: Like yeah. that theme song. What I think is interesting is that's kind of the image I think it has popularly too. oh yeah? And I think that's the image that that's definitely the image because before seeing Shaft, I've, I never, this is the first time I saw Shaft itself. I ended up seeing the, the more recent like sequel. Oh, because it, it is, there are three Shaft movies. There's this one. Then there was really? one made in like the early 2000s starring Samuel L. Jackson as Shaft's son. And then there's this <laughs> most recent one where it's Shaft's grandson,
0: really? but also
1: Samuel L. Jackson is there as Shaft's son and also Shaft is there. What? Um, and those, I think, play off this image of Shaft yeah. as this crazy sex machine and shooting dudes and, totally, yeah. and kind of movie when the reality is, is the original Shaft is, I think a lot more grounded than I think people would yeah remember and yeah. a lot more grounded than isaac hayes sells with that initial song about yeah <laughs> chef being the cool dude the line i wrote was that he's a complicated man no one understands except his woman who we only see i think for one or two scenes
0: <laughs> oh my gosh this song really won an academy award is that right michael it won it an oscar sure did was it ironic cool. or was it no. was it humorous like what how I think mean, it's a fun song. I don't know. Absolutely. I loved it a lot in the year 2021.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um,
0: the soundtrack in general. I did I liked, not live but... in the 70s, Michael.
1: Fair yeah, fair,
0: fair, warning. I... I did not see 1973's Shaft in Africa, so I do not have the full context
1: here. Are you serious? I am absolutely serious, Michael. This is a Shaft in Africa. <laughs> what is this? Where's that criterion channel? What are you doing? They're
0: not doing God's work if they don't have Shaft uh, Richard, in
1: Africa. Richard Richard Roundtree's back even for Shaft in Africa. Really? It's the Jeez. third film in the Shaft series <laughs> in nineteen seventy three. <1973. laughs> Wild. Um Yeah, I mean this is also like it's like the Black Exploitation film. Okay, so like the yeah. thing that the thing that like black dynamite spoofs today or yeah. like um, the one that immediately comes to mind And this, this is my film illiteracy kicking in is, is uh, the, the Dolomite films that, yeah. that Eddie Murphy's mm-hmm. uh, recent uh, biopic about the, the Dolomite character yes. kind of highlighted. Yeah.
0: I don't um, know. I'm not familiar with exploitation movies at all. So I think this is as far as I can Recall the first one i've ever seen so i don't know i don't know what we're dealing with here i know yeah you mentioned african-american director but i think it was written by two white
1: dudes so how does that gel yeah and that's what's i think i, I can't speak to this i'm not like a, a film historian necessarily yeah. um it is significant in that uh let me bring up the the thing the thing here Ooh, please. that Gordon Parks, the director was, uh, he was one of the first prominent, uh, black directors in Hollywood, um, specifically for Shaft. And I think that's important here. And I think it's an important part of the story here. And I think it's an important part of how it, I think, does really well capturing the aesthetic it's trying to capture this, this yeah. early seventies, totally. um, uh, this, New this York, early, yeah
0: yeah taxis everywhere Just walking on Uh, the blocks knocking on doors pulling some strings
1: we've got a lot of like these black power signifiers to the point that one of the the groups in this that are actually held up as like the good guys is is one of the black revolutionary groups Ooh. um you're pulling from like the the those those kind of like visual palettes yeah um the the story is very much contained as like a black uh, as as a story involving black characters or white characters on like the periphery and sometimes involved um and it doesn't feel as though that that's necessarily like it doesn't feel ungenuine i don't think yeah yeah i feel you it doesn't feel disingenuous um yeah i don't know um i don't know if i have much else to say about shaft i had fun with it yeah i think that ending sequence the way they set it up and then it just goes off yes like a flash in the pan yes is cool i enjoyed very, that very good. they use um, a water
0: hose and then after they're done using the water hose the water hose is still spraying for some reason Yeah.
1: they just leave it there yes they just oh. drop it and walk yes, away so good
0: so good yeah. love that stuff
1: um I was surprised at how quickly that wrapped up. And I was expecting, I think more of the gunfight thing too. Cause that was like, yeah. that, that's the image of Shaft. Yes. And the style of movie is that people are rolling into bars and <laughs> yes. guns are just all over the place <laughs> and we're just shooting at each other. And
0: totally.
1: and yeah. And I think that's definitely the image that, that these later Shaft movies sell. Mm-hmm. Cause that's definitely the image that the, the 2018 or 2019 Shaft movie plays off of. Absolutely. Um,
0: i can see that trying to be the angle they take yeah in modern era
1: when the reality is there's a lot more detective stuff happening in this movie yeah more, more like Let's getting to the bottom of this michael yeah um i also loved all the funk i really liked isaac hayes uh, yeah he's even a, beyond just fun. the 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 intro theme i just like i enjoyed the 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 funkiness of it um i don't want to belabor a point anymore because it's been like it, i I do want to move things along. I don't know. Is there anything else shafty that we want to talk about?
0: I got nothing shafty other than uh, sometimes instead of saying guy, they say cat. They call people cats. Like, hey, that cat over there, what's he up to? And I was like, hmm, maybe I should call people cats more often.
1: Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, gosh, dang it, Michael. It's also funny the main character's name is Shaft. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that ironic? Was that I have no self-aware in 1971? Think it, I don't think it is, but also I don't know if I'd put it past this movie. Yeah. But um, um, weird. Moving on, while we're in this like gritty 70s neo noir thing, mm-hmm. um, we've also got. Night Moves, which is sort of like a forgotten film or a hidden gem from this era. Really?
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's like it's not. It's one of those ones that people who talk about having seen Night Moves, they talk about it as like some kind of like, oh, it's the it's the hidden gem of this era. People want to watch Dirty Harry, well, or Serpico, well, not Serpico. Uh, I can't think of the name of it. The one with uh, uh, Robert De Niro in it. Ooh, Regardless, I don't know. Uh, they they say no. You should watch Night Moves. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um,
0: Dirty Harry's like an
1: action movie, right? Is it an action? Yeah, movie? but it's also playing like it's it's also this detective? gritty like crime drama. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I think he's a. I don't. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's a private detective. I think he's a detective. It's been got a while it. since I've seen Dirty Harry. Yeah. But you know he's got he's taken the law into his own hands. And, yeah. and is it was it six shots or only five or whatever? Um do you feel lucky punk or something? Um, but night okay. moves yeah. sort of kind of went by the wayside, but yeah. like critics love it. It's only gained more of a following since it was released. Really? Uh, you've got, it's a very Hollywood movie. It's a very Florida movie. Yeah. Um, lots of Florida. You got Gene Hackman with a, an okay mustache actually. Mm. Ah. Um, He's he's out to solve the case, and then it haunts him a bit. Also, he has to solve his marriage. He does, he does. His marriage is not in a great place. Um, Hate it when that happens. I do too, man. Yeah. How can you solve these cases if you can't solve your marriage? You know. I don't know, man. Gene Hackman has to find a way. What do you think of uh, Night Moves?
0: I was pleasantly surprised by Night Moves. I. Especially coming off of Shaft, because this is like 70s movie. You know, you got that vibe.
1: I was yeah. expecting
0: something like a Dirty Harry, or at least what I understand Dirty Harry to be, which is, you know, chewing something. You feel lucky, punk, shooting someone. Mm-hmm. But, but this movie felt very true to life in a weird way that did not feel 70s to me at all. Because his marriage is bad and he's got problems and he like freaks out about him at one point, and he's just trying to solve a case. And there's like dead bodies, but the dead bodies are like very stark and uncomfortable, and not there's no like musical thing like Dah! or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just lets you sit with it, and it lets you sit with the movie a little bit, and it's quiet. There's some, there was some stuff in there that was a little plat conveniency that felt a little more Hollywoody to me, but. For the most part, I was surprised that this was a movie that came out in the 70s. I'm kind of flabbergasted, Michael.
1: Yeah. So there's some interesting like think pieces and stuff out there about this movie, about how it's very much of like a like it's the post it's it's like a post Watergate kind of movie. Things are hopeless.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Things are just spinning in circles. No one knows where to really go after this. And I mean, it literally ends on that note. Yeah. He's been shot. He's in the boat. The boat's just kind of circling.
0: Yeah. There's a very overt reference to Kennedy's, which I found very weird.
1: Yeah. The, where were you when Kennedy was shot? And he's like, which one? Yes. Yeah. Good line. Which I like that line a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much kind of sets the stage as to like, where are we? Yeah. What's the mindset here? Yeah. And it's that no one's really happy. I mean, these are also all characters who are clearly like past their primes. Yeah. Um, He's the old football star who's That's a private right. detective yes. who's just working in divorces now as a private detective. And yeah. you can tell he's not really – he doesn't feel the greatest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this old actor, actress, character who was in movies before. Um, they're movies people don't know. Mm-hmm. But she's she's insistent she's an older, old actress. She had old stuntmen on the set. Yeah, um, you do yeah it's 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 definitely a bunch of people who are like who've seen their glory days in the past and are now just kind of like living life not knowing what to do midlife crises all of them yeah 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 um uh and yeah i don't know i i like this movie Ooh. uh even though i'm not i wasn't necessar- i'm not necessarily thrilled about florida's the, the florida stuff yeah and i'm a as like a setting, like visually it didn't, it wasn't really like an engaging setting. I don't think I feel you. Yes. And then I also didn't, like you had mentioned plot convenience, convenience, Mm -hmm. how every character is somehow involved in this greater plot. Yes. Like every character in this movie with the, with like some minor exceptions are somehow involved in this smuggling business. Yeah. And all somehow wind up in the same remote corner (laughs) of Florida. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel you there. Yep, and it all being like this idol smuggling thing, because there's a shot earlier or a scene earlier where he grabs this idol and he's like, "How much is this worth?" And the guy's like, "Oh, you wouldn't want me to tell you." Yeah, and it's like that being the whole focal point. I, it felt like the starkness and the grittiness of these dead bodies and it just sitting there felt like it stood in stark contrast to this more Hollywoody glamorized fantasy idols that are worth a ton of money that we're smuggling for some reason.
1: Yeah. I had a hard time reconciling those two. Yeah, I think so too. I think I did too. Um, I think it's interesting that all the young characters in this movie wind up dead. Ooh, that's very interesting. I did not realize that. Huh? Um, I did. I mean, I didn't think about it until about like now, but I mean, the only young characters you really get are you get the daughter that, they're supposed to find mm-hmm. uh, that gene hackman's character is supposed to find and you've got the uh the guy who the who fixes up motorcycles and cars and stuff
0: yeah james woods
1: Yeah, it's james woods heck yeah <laughs> uh of twitter fame mm-hmm. infamy of twitter infamy mm-hmm. uh and i guess he played hades or something i don't know yeah he uh they both die they, they both end up dead by the end of this movie That is true. alert um and everyone, and it's just interesting. The huh. younger generation gets kind of caught up in their plot machinations and it chews them up and kills them all. Yeah. And meanwhile, they all are fighting over this, this stupid, this idol in the <laughs> ocean and yeah. people are dying, but it's not, some of it's not even like intentional, like a plane accidentally crash lands yeah. over the, uh, the diver who, uh, is presented as like this movie is femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Just gets smacked with the, the pontoon of the plane, yeah, and that's how she dies. The because Ish. the plane hits the 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 idol, yeah. The that's how the pilot dies. Who so you find out is actually the stuntman, who's mm-hmm. his friend. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I really like the scene of him dying, Michael.
1: I really yeah, like, he's like knocking on the window while while uh, Gene watches him like sink.
0: Yeah, that's so Crazy. weird. Like you don't see that, Michael. You did yeah. I didn't see anything like that in
1: Shaft. No, it's a very dark movie. It is very heavy film. E. Film, a very heavy film. Thank you, Michael. You yeah.
0: got the pronunciation right for Tucker.
1: I tried. I do this for Tucker. Nailed it. Um, so it's just interesting. Like I think it, it's it's it presents an interesting kind of spin on this private detective story. Um, totally. But first, making it maybe the most realistic private detective in in the films we've seen, where he's doing what private detectives actually do. And it's just kind of like spying on people to yeah. get juice on their, their marriage or something. Yeah. Um. Even though it's, what's happening in his own life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and it doesn't, it doesn't present Gene. I don't think it presents Gene Hackman's character as an actual bad person. Yeah. Or as even as like a morally gray person, he's just on his life's not in a great place right now. And then he's left to, to to kind of deal with that yeah and isn't really sure how to deal with it and I think it does a really good job of presenting that
0: mm-hmm. there's like a time what do where you he's... do
1: go ahead like the, when he he breaks into the the one guy's house yeah while they're they're having their their affair and it's like the entire time you get this the the way they sell it is that he's kind of justified yeah <laughs> like because he breaks in as it's happening and then interrupts them during mm-hmm. this and it's just like like yeah, he shouldn't be breaking into a home and stuff, but at the same time you kind of feel for him. Yeah. Like and he feels justified as he does it. Totally. It's not like he's it's not like he's an outright unrepentant asshole or anything like that. He's just kind of trying to make sense of this really shitty thing situation yep. he's in.
0: Yeah. I like the scene where he's uh about to pack up his detective business, so he just lays on the table and starts eating some ice cream. Been there, yeah. man. Been there, yeah. Gene
1: Hackman. And I also like that it leaves him, like, they solve the mystery, like, he settles the mystery, and there's still half of this movie to go. More than half of this movie left. Yeah. So, it's left to kind of deal with the aftermath of that in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, he finds the girl and is able to bring her home, but there's still half a movie here. And during all of that, it's kind of left, leaves him to sort of pick up the pieces as to, like, well, what did he do? What What is like there's, there's time to process that. And he realizes it gets into that gray area of like, well, is he really doing the right thing?
0: Yeah. Clearly
1: these people didn't care about her and clearly her mom didn't care about her. He's, she's just going to live off the insurance or whatever, or the inheritance.
0: Yeah. 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 I really like that scene. Also when he finally returns the girl that he's been looking for and like immediately an argument (laughs) breaks out. That was so good. Like that a lot.
1: Yeah. Very, very good. And I also just like how it owned its settings, like yeah, the, you like Florida, Michael, Hollywood, not Florida so much. <laughs> Florida stuff, not so much. You, yes, you not got Florida. me there. Uh, the Hollywood stuff I really liked a lot. Yeah, yes. The uh, that you're on the set, you're on the 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 stunt sets. You're watching the planes buzz overhead and the and the cars race by, and a film is happening. Yes, it, like like it's, it's 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 meta in a way that I enjoyed. Um, Florida visually was kind of boring, though I do like the idea of taking this this noir movie and throwing it into into the hellscape that is Florida. Yeah. So, um, I think other filmmakers end up taking the Florida setting and do more with it, but uh, I think this kind of sets that stage. Is like, well, what if we th- what if we made a, a crime movie and f- threw it into mm. Florida? This this like par- this like paradise kind of place yeah is it really and it's like no we've got this gritty shack where the guy offers charter rides and has pent-up dolphins yes um yeah
0: it's a cool movie it is cool thank you for recommending it Mike
1: yeah um I don't know if I necessarily have any more thing more to say about night moves from 1975 I don't either Uh, it feels kind of like, I wrote that it feels like this movie is looking for a meaning that doesn't exist. It doesn't feel like it feels like one of the things that ends up being like, it ends up asking this like question. What is this all for by the end? Yeah. And it doesn't really come with an answer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last shot is like the dude, our main character with a shot in the leg and he like can barely get the boat moving. And then the camera just pans out of the boat, barely moving in the ocean. It's like, all right, good job. You did it, but you're probably dead meat. Good job, detective.
1: Yeah. It's just, it feels so, it feels hopeless in a way. Yeah. Bask um, in that hopelessness, Michael. Mm, 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 yummy, mm. Yummy, yummy. Give me the hopelessness in my tummy. Um, I really wanted to talk about this in contrast to night move, to the 2013 movie, Night Moves. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I only got about halfway through it before stuff came up and I had to put it on pause. and just didn't have a chance to circle back to it. So I didn't get to finish that movie. Is this...
0: Are they related in any way?
1: The way they're talked about is like there's some kind of shared DNA. Really? Interesting. I think it's very implicit, but I also think that Kelly Reichert as a filmmaker is a very implicit filmmaker. Okay. First cow, yes. First cow. Yeah, this is first cow lady. Yes. Uh, This is uh, very much... A first cow kind of movie.
0: Mm, okay. Lots
1: of very slow oh, things yeah. moving very slowly. Lots of room to breathe. Just kind of things naturally happening rather than being driven by the plot. Yes. Um, lots of, and like lots of, 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 very much within its setting. Very much an, an Oregon wilds movie. Yes. Um, very environmentalist in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of that Kelly Reichardt stuff. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it, so I don't know oh, if I have don't... too much to talk about, Christian. How did you feel about that first half? Were you liking it? Were you vibing with it? I her? liked it a lot, but I like your style a lot. Yeah. I like that, That like, hmm, yes, yes. Long shots of trees, yes. Hmm, yes. Oregon yes. wild, yes, yes.
0: You like uh, yeah. lack of exposition or really much of any heavy dialogue? Yeah. Lots of pronouns. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Lots of, we're going to do the thing. Are you sure you're ready for this thing? Yeah. Did you call the guy? Yeah. I called the guy. We're going to do this thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. What did the guy say? No, there's none of that. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, I like that it's more fly on the wall. Yeah. Her style is very fly on the wall. It it's is. It's not so much like clear cut plotting as much as it is like you're just watching this thing happen. Totally. Kind of at the pace that thing might happen. Oh yeah. Um there's some things in here. There's a, a shot of the landfill where he's got his truck parked and he's unloading all of the uh he's unloading like a bunch of like plastic waste or something. Yes. And it looks like a Ford pickup truck commercial. Yeah. <laughs> except you get like a, all the trash and shit in the background. <laughs> and construction vehicles just pushing all um, of that around. That's funny. But it's still filmed like a Ford commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I really liked that. That's hilarious. Even if it was very much like blunt in a way that it maybe wasn't as fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But as she's... As far as like Kelly Riker's films in general, she's very much like a naturalistic director, long shots of rivers and stuff like that.
0: Interesting.
1: And some of those, and when she really like indulges in that, it's some of my favorite parts of her movies, like the, the part in First Cow. Uh, did you see First Cow? I never all, did, or? Michael. Okay. Recommended? I loved it, Ooh-hoo-hoo. but it's also very boring. Okay.
0: Um, okay.
1: In the end, there's a sequence where characters are just kind of left to, to try to they're on the run and they're just trying to find each other again. And and one of the main characters gets sort of lost in the wilderness. Ooh. So there's a lot of this one character feeling alone and being presented as alone and, and very small. Yes. Amid like this large Oregon forest. There are, lar- there are long shots of the Columbia River. And it's all just this very beautiful, naturalistic see i i really love that yeah and this the the first half of this movie had a lot of that going on i felt like
0: yeah there's a very long shot of them just driving a boat and there's some submerged trees and they're just driving the boat looking at the trees
1: yeah enjoying the kind of boring kind of boring a little boring liking it i like it like i like it a lot but i'm okay with being bored Yeah. yeah yeah um pretty bored it's pretty. It's very pretty. So what do you think of the whole movie then, Christian, out of curiosity?
0: I thought it was all right. I okay. liked the style. There were like little hiccups that kind of took me out of there's a part. This movie's largely devoid of uh, dialogue or um, exposition. But there's like one scene right after an inciting incident where there's a lot of dialogue and it felt like it was someone else's movie for like two to 20 seconds. And that was really weird. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. I I guess the, the plot in general, I had a hard time completely investing myself and giving myself over to, and Mm -hmm. a lot of this, the movie is very focused. It's just about people, environmentalists wanting to blow up a dam and devising a plan to do so. And the ramifications of that plan That's all this movie is. But I don't know. I guess I wasn't completely sold on the twists and turns it took along the way. But, Michael, I'd be very curious to hear what you would think as a first cowman of that second half.
1: All right. Well, I will get back to you because I do want to finish this movie. Yes. Um, It's another hard one to find on a streaming platform. It is. But – I do intend to go. I do intend to go back to it. I generally like Kelly art's filming style or her, her movies. Gotta make your um, night moves. Uh, gotta shake off them uh, awkward teenage blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, something something. Front page. Uh, Driving. News. Um, Good rhymes. Okay, does this movie have any reference to the song "Night Moves"? I don't think it does. Are we, we're not playing any like we're not playing like Night Moves over the credits or anything like no, that. No, I don't you know? think
0: it does, Michael. I don't think
1: it has a single one. So we've got two Night Movies called Night Moves and no Bob Seger references. What are I, we doing? What are we doing, Phil? Was that song film. before or after 1975 Night Moves? You know, I wondered the same thing after watching Night Moves, and I Did didn't you? think to look up the answer. Oh. Um I will tell you in a moment. I believe so. I believe the song came first, but I might be way off Ooh, base okay. on that. Okay. Um, no, I am not off base on that. The movie came out, and then the the song came out.
0: But so well, really, like Kelly,
1: Reichert, Kelly Reichert had had at least 30 years, if yes. not more, with the song Night Moves yes. by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band to fit in this movie called Night Moves, and it <laughs> didn't. So I don't know what we're doing there. What's but- her
0: problem. Is it mm-hmm. not in First Cow?
1: It is not in First Cow either, but First Cow is not named after a Bob Seger song on like a certain 2013 film. Um, Squandered. The boat is called Night Moves.
0: It is. That's right. That's where that comes in. That's right.
1: I think that's the most obvious reference at least <laughs> from what I saw to to the 1975 night moves. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Was
1: it the that the the shared plot device a boat? Yep. Is called night moves. Yep. Um. So I made. So while this was all after. So in between all of this, I'd also ask that you'd watch a couple other movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Namely Ghost in the Shell, yes. which was like this cyberpunk take on, on the film noir genre. It is. Which uh I think Cyberpunk as a genre generally pulls from film noir in a lot of ways, Blade Runners being the most like yeah. painfully obvious. Yeah. Um and also sort of pulls from like that that I think some of the the as a pulls from the genre and that it's also very much a reflection of like the, the real time politics of the time of the era, like this, this kind of like cyber fear, of, like this fear of technology yeah. and things like That's that. the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I think it pulls from that. Um, aesthetically, I think it pulls from film noir as well. I'd love to hear what you think about it. It's been forever since I've seen it. So yeah, I can't really speak too much to it, but what, uh, what what do you think of Ghost in the Shell? I
0: thought Ghost in the Shell was all right. I was sold on the
1: visuals
0: and the yeah. action. Liked those a lot. The Robot
1: Spider Tank doing it for you. Setting also Spider Tank. Spider Tank. You like Spider Tank? About yes. Spider Tank?
0: Yes. Give me Spider cool. Tank, dude. Give me Spider Tank shooting guns very symbolically up a tree. <laughs> Yes. I forgot about that.
1: Uh, art. Uh, art. Art. Symbolic.
0: Art, 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 art. symbology, art. Symbolic. Themes. Thematic weight of Ghost on the Shell. I didn't really like the plotter characters. I didn't know what we were doing with the diplomacy stuff. We got a character that's a puppet master, and their ghost is going inside of different shells or something, and they're trying to track the right which shell the ghost is inside of. And then they, th- I think they catch him, but it starts talking and then they lose it. And then the main character lady finds it. And I think we're supposed to care about main character lady, but she's weird. And then she goes into the other puppet masters ghost shell. And then their ghosts intermingle. And then, and then the ghosts talk and then they, something happens but then they die but their shells died and not the ghosts so they're still okay and then he puts the 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 guy puts the ghost of the main character into a little girl's body and then he asks so are you the same ghost or a different ghost and she's like i'm both ghosts or something and then the movie ends
1: i was very confused yeah and i remember that being sort of like that's what I remember. I remember the plot feeling both very convoluted in a way, in that way that I think a lot of like techno dystopian things oh, yeah. get to be. Okay, got it. Because like, like because Blade Runner is, I think, a very in a very similar place. Is it okay? Uh, yeah, where it's just it's not exactly clear what everything happening is. Yes. And, um. And also, a lot of the plot felt very small compared to the setting. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, totally. I love the setting, though. Holy crap. Like the buildings, the nastiness. I love the synthesis of like super high tech with just like guns, (laughs) just straight (laughs) up guns like that a lot. And uh, there's a scene where, like, she just goes swimming in, like, sea that's next to the city for some reason. But that's, like, really neat. That gives off, like, really cool vibes. Night swimming next to this lit-up city. Cool Mm. stuff going on. Like the setting a lot.
1: Yeah, lots of green. I remember Lots of green. Lots of green. Yeah, Neon. Very neon.
0: Whenever there was cloaking stuff going on, that stuff looked really cool. I like the cloaking mechanism or whatever, and it like flickers in and out. That seems Mm -hmm. like it would be such a pain to like animate or draw or like just even conceptualize someone invisible and intermittently turning visible or interacting with an environment in such a way while they're still invisible. Like That's that stuff I thought looked really, really cool.
1: I would love to hear what you think of the remake, then. Oh, really? The, the 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 Scarlett Johansson yes. Len remake uh, from a few years back. Yes does yeah. does
0: that have stuff?
1: I think it hits a lot of the visual cues pretty well. Really um, fascinating. Obviously, there there's the the question of casting Scarlett Johansson, yes, of and course,
0: yeah,
1: Asian character, and obviously there's oops. I, I think I think there's some stuff that maybe doesn't evenly. It doesn't translate well. Yeah, but, I feel you. But uh, the visual, visually, its I think it's pretty... It doesn't feel as groundbreaking, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. I
0: did not know this movie was where the meme came from, where, like, robot hands throw yeah. <laughs> the multiple fingers and start typing on the keyboard very, very fast.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, I, I'm sorry, memes ruined that part for me, because every yeah. time I was like... Aah! what are they doing i I think it's silly now because i've been exposed
1: to memes yeah thanks a lot memes oh boy you know the the dna of the soul there christian (laughs) the memes um so really quickly to kind of the other one the other movie that i wasn't able to get to uh who framed roger rabbit oh yeah it's kind of like i think a lot of people's like a a lot of younger folks kind of like maybe first memorable engagement with these these like noir tropes yeah and it's also I think my my recollection of this movie was that uh, the plot stuff didn't matter as much as seemed pretty rote noir yeah kind of things just yep. like your typical stuff there but like technically speaking totally just this this bl- this blending of live action and animation yes like, that is just really cool. Like, really – like, visually kind of like a cool – like, it's a feat. It's like an accomplishment. It's something that I thought was kind of cool looking back to it. And it's also, like, the only time I think we've ever had Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse in the same product.
0: Yes. It's still but. visually impressive and kind of crazy today.
1: Yeah. Which is also like, insane. Movies don't do that anymore. mm like these even the animated cross crossover movies and stuff now these like don't do it to that scale
0: yeah will space jam 2 be the come, resurgence we need
1: come on and slam friend come on and slam lebron james's space jam 2 space more space more jam what did they do to my lola bunny michael I don't know, but I'm not as sexually confused by this. And I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Um, Yeah, I guess the only thing that I can really, that I really wanted to talk about with, with, with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that it's a really fun, maybe it's, it's a kind of fun take on the genre. It's like this still this like visually very impressive blending of animation and live action that, that seemed like it set a standard that we still really haven't lived up to as far as, 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 continuing that trend down the road yeah i because th- like the animation stuff feels like animation stuff like it, it, yes it feels like a natural and it feels natural in a way that it, you wouldn't expect it to be but yeah um like it mesh as well the cartoons still act like cartoon characters in the real world they do
0: which is weird
1: <laughs> yeah this
0: movie is so weird that's what i was thinking the whole time i was watching i'm like this is bizarre who is this movie meant for kids? It starts out with like a Robert rabbit or Roger rabbit sketch with a baby. And then immediately hard cuts to the baby being like a man voice and then yeah. smoking a cigar. And yeah, the,
1: this movie wouldn't get made in 2021. Would it? I don't think it'd look like this. I, I don't think it could be. No, I don't, I don't know if it could be uh, not like this. Yeah. It's um, very bizarre. I mean, <laughs> boss baby is out there (laughs) so it's not like like we're totally (laughs) devoid of cigar smoking mean talking babies uh thank you but (laughs) and it's interesting like i still don't like i don't i don't i don't know I, i don't think studios would have the wherewithal to make a roger rabbit in 2021 yeah i think it would look a lot like the tom and jerry movie yeah today totally um where the comedy doesn't fully mesh where they trade a lot of that like really impressive animation for something that's easier to manage with the the uh the kind of deadlines they're working with Mm -hmm. kind of budget pressures they're under um i also don't think disney would ever let its its properties be in the same yeah film as as warner brothers these days yeah but i might be wrong about that did you grow up with this movie michael I watched it a few times on Cartoon Network. Really? I think. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Which is crazy because some of the stuff with Jessica Rabbit, too, yep. is like, like. This movie's thirsty, Lola, Michael. Lola Bunny, eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, the
0: heck? And like the main character's an alcoholic. He's always looking for wherever he can get his fix. That feels weird for like something you would not see in a kid's movie these days.
1: I don't even think you could have a reference to kicking someone in the balls in a yes movie these days.
0: <laughs> no. No. Um, also the
1: the villain in this genuinely scary. Yes. At the e. end there, especially. Yep. Just. Yeah. My fiance it's a cool movie. I think. I think it's a cool movie.
0: That What's bad that? guy. My fiance said that bad guy gave her nightmares.
1: He's a nightmarish guy. It's spooky, like genuinely scary, like visually in a way that I think is like good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Did you? So it sounds like you enjoyed it. I
0: was just. I didn't know. I I don't know. Mike. I've spent most of my life up to this point hearing everyone be like Roger Rabbit, who framed Roger Rabbit, a pioneer work of film, an amazing piece of artwork for every generation and when i watched it i was just stunned by the fact that i i don't know if this movie is timeless or not because i don't see this movie ever getting made today with balls and boobs and babies (laughs) smoking cigars and Toons being treated as second-class citizens and evoking racism comparisons. Oh, I forgot
1: about that being a big part of this, too. That's, hmm.
0: Very strange. This movie is a trip. Hmm. But if I was a kid, I might be more ready for such a trip. I might enjoy the cartoons.
1: I would be curious about what, because I don't remember taking away the racism thing as a kid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I
1: took like, maybe immediately I was like, Oh, it's like this, but then it's not the thing I remember about it. But now that you mention it, it's like, Oh my God, that's right. Cause the things that I remember about it are, are, are it's, it's that it's this detective story. It's that that the cartoon stuff is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's the, uh, the kicking, kick you in the balls line. (laughs) 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 Um, it's, it's that, they really went out of the way to make Jessica rabbit look like a hot cartoon character. <laughs> and I think, but I think a part of that is the internet. Yeah. Making sure you remember yeah. that Jessica rabbits hot. Um I forgot about the racism theme too. It's kind of not a subtle thing either. No, sir. Like, I don't think it'd be handled as, as like bluntly. Yeah. Because even when it comes up in modern, like in modern cartoon movies, like Zootopia and stuff like that, it's handled a little more. Gingerly, I think,
0: totally, yeah, I don't know if I would show this movie to my kids maybe maybe, if they were a little older, maybe we're talking hmm. pre teens, maybe maybe that would be yeah. the
1: time when they when they're old enough to look at Jessica Rabbit and have their first funny feelings exactly, with
0: Daddy. exactly, if their first wet dream could be Roger Rabbit, I know <laughs> I won as a
1: father, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have the have the weird... So when he says balls, guys, you know what he means.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll have to have um, a talk afterwards, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. The rabbits and the women, kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, reproducing like bunnies, am I right? No, babies don't smoke cigars. Oh, boy. So the last movie on our list, the one that I wanted to end on was Widows. Because I wanted to take this as like a... We where we start and where we are, where we have these like this gritty crime drama as it appears in
0: 1941
1: mm-hmm. versus and now now we've had like decades to sort of unpack it and yes. contextualize it and move it around, let it trade hands. So we ended with Widows, uh, the 2018 Steve McQueen movie mm-hmm. um, where we're focusing on women characters now We're we've we're talking about black experiences and minority experiences now. This is no longer the movie of uh muscular white detectives slapping around their Joel Kairos and their <laughs> nice San Francisco apartments. Yes. No longer. No, now it's about Liam Neeson,
0: mhm, politics and, uh,
1: and politics. Mm. Uh yeah, it's about a lot of things, about Viola Davis being a good actor. Amen. Just phenomenal good cast in general. Oh, what total. the hell? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya as the uh the the mafia mm-hmm. enforcer in this just genuinely terrifying. Totally. And he's got that look. So so talented. Uh What do you think of Widows, Christian?
0: I enjoyed it. Quite a bit, but okay. it is the only Steve McQueen movie I have seen. So, my understanding is that Steve McQueen's material gets a little more, less accessible, but a little more, uh, a little more uh, culturally significant or weighty than a heist movie that is Widows to an extent. Ocean's Widows, Ocean's Davis, Viola Davis, that it is for a portion of the movie. But, Fifi
1: yeah <laughs> yeah but
0: i did enjoy it i, I enjoyed those okay. what did you think michael as as a proprietor of film this is also the only
1: Steve queen movie you've ever <gasps> seen which is what? crazy no,
0: 13 years of slave
1: i have not seen 12, 12 years of slave, slave which is weird i know it's on my list it's one of those things i've also heard the small x films are fantastic and at least two of them are and i would like to go through those as well but mm-hmm. uh i liked weirdos like that. um okay kind of it got i felt like the plot was a little too involved okay yeah at times uh too many plates spinning i feel like liam nason's character especially they didn't really know he didn't really know what to do with him yeah uh after the the big plot twist uh spoiler alert that liam Neeson's character did not die totally. in the crazy big nonsense explosion at the beginning yeah um but uh i thought some of the politics stuff was a little weird too the way that it's like ha both of these politi- political characters suck yeah <laughs> they're both terrible people yeah <laughs> yeah yep, yep. but uh <clears throat> like so it didn't really feel like there was a a a moral center necessarily to gravitate towards in the, in some of the plotting here mm-hmm. but uh incredibly well put together incredibly well acted uh the stuff with Liam Neeson's and Viola Davis's son. Ooh. Very weird to watch today.
0: Yeah. I can imagine.
1: Um because it it it's this police shooting uh where they pull over the car mm-hmm. and he reaches for his phone to talk to his mom and, and is shot by the police. <sighs> yeah. And we're coming right off of what's going on in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. right off of Chicago now. And it's just right after the, the, after 2020 with the George Floyd protests. Yeah. But especially after what, what just happened in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. crazy eerie in a way that I wasn't prepared for. Totally. Um, just totally caught me off guard. Um, but uh, as far as the movie as a whole, the it, it felt like it got a little involved at times and wasn't necessarily neatly wrapped up. Yeah. But I loved the core cast of women. Yeah. You like the heisting? You like the planning? I like the heisting. The heist crew was fun. Yeah. Like they're good at what they were doing. They were all believable at what they were doing. They had their own different motivations. They did. They're, it, what's that? They certainly did uh with the uh the heisting you could also see them kind of grow as characters too in their own ways mm-hmm. maybe less so Viola Davis's character no even Viola Davis's character yeah just kind of like it, like if it, it felt like they were done right by the plot i think some of the stuff with with Colin Farrell's character and in the, and the the chicago politics stuff was was maybe not as re- cleanly resolved yeah. and not as as enjoyably resolved uh i think liam neeson's character being not b- being brought back and trying mm-hmm. to fake his death yeah was a little messy. sort of uh, very messy yeah um but the heist stuff itself with the core the core cast of women was fantastic
0: yeah have you seen any oceans movies michael
1: i haven't me neither
0: i wonder how this compares i do too
1: um weirdly enough i'm not inclined to go back to an oceans movie yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not inclined to go watch an oceans movie yeah i feel like that. i'd have to be holding it up to rafifi and Ooh. i don't know if i want to <laughs> i don't know if i want a heist movie that isn't like that necessarily where it's a little more playful
0: yeah i don't know man yeah. i liked how
1: gritty rafifi was and i liked how gritty widows was when it came to that stuff yeah. how they took it seriously i think they certainly did but um I don't know. Kind of crazy, just crazy good movie. Um good, I mean crazy well like like crazy well cast movie, crazy visually. You're pulling from some of the the noir stuff and the some of that noir DNA pops up here too. There's like jazz music mm-hmm. mixed in with these like longer shots or these more dynamic, darker shots. There is uh <laughs> It inherits the these like overly involved plots with backstabbing and things like yes, that. Yes, it does. Um, no one is happy in this movie, and no one's no. necessarily like clean.
0: Yes, that no is one's very like
1: true. morally. They, there's no. I think there are people you're supposed to look at as like good, like the good guys, yep. as like the 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 heroes of the story, but no one's necessarily coming out of this perfect. Yeah. Or in a perfect light,
0: Viola Davis just um, seems varying degrees of pissed off for the entire runtime. I loved that though. Yeah, like
1: she has every right to be pissed off too. Totally. And but just like her masterminding this this whole plot and being pissed off at mm-hmm. everyone was just fun. she was good at it. Like it was fun. I just like I like. She's one of those actors who I will watch a movie because she is in it dang yeah because i enjoy like or at that it's at least like a prominent part of my thought process yeah sitting down to look for a movie it's like well maybe if oh a new Viola day of this movie i will try to watch it heck yeah um yeah like the new suicide squad I liked her in the old Suicide Squad. Yeah. I also think that movie is a little... I think that movie is hot garbage, but I also think maybe it's no less hot garbage than some of the schlock coming out of the other yeah. superhero sectors.
0: Do you have any hope for New Suicide Squad, Michael?
1: Uh, vaguely enough. It's, it looks like it's just going to be, what, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but recast for DC. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the same director it's, as James Yep. Gillen, yep. So... <laughs> Which, given what's come out of the DC film camp in the past, like, 10 years, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah.
0: I don't envy all the dads out there who are going to probably watch some of this movie and have no idea what's going on, who have saw the first Su- Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> Just watching the trailer, I was confused. It's like, so, so some of these actors are the same. Well, what's going on? But not all of them are. It? Yeah.
1: Wasn't Will Smith in this? Exactly.
0: Yes. Where's Will yes. Smith? <laughs> Poor why, is shark, why is
1: Crocodile Man a shark now? <laughs> oh,
0: boy. Oh, brother.
1: Yeah. I don't know what's. I don't think they have a clear vision for what they want to do with those movies. Oops. But if it's just a bunch of. If it's just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You might be in for that. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. They let it get weird. I'd be into it if they get it weird yes. with it. This looks like they might get a little weird with yeah. it, so I'd be okay with it. You think James Gunn might go to the wall? uh I don't know. um I'd rather James Gunn stick than another Zack Snyder, Nine Randian, <laughs> should do super people, owe humanity anything. Yeah. No, ha ha ha, <laughs> Martha nonsense.
0: You'd rather James Gunn stick to his guns?
1: Oh, I don't know. James Gunn's also not necessarily like. What was the thing with James Gunn? Wasn't there like a big Twitter thing at one point? Yeah. Tweets that aged something... like milk. Yeah. Yeah. Like horribly, horribly sexist or racist yeah. or something. I forget which. Um, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know.
0: What's your favorite superhero movie, Michael? What's the the one? Is it the Dark Knight?
1: No, I think the Dark Knight series trilogy is aged like milk. Yeah. I, I, speaking of aging like milk, I think I don't. I think if you were to go back to any of those movies, um, with the intent of finding plot holes, mm-hmm. you would like implode. Yeah. <laughs> um, even if I think the Dark Knight is still pretty, I think it's an amazing feat. I think it's just not the cleanest movie in the world. Yeah. As far as the writing goes. Is it um, Michael Keaton Batman? I kind of like the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Spider-Man 2. Ooh. Now you're talking. Yes. I think Into the Spider-Verse is probably my answer.
0: That is a very good pick.
1: I think that movie is so many things about comic books and filmmaking and cartoons realized all at once and it's still enjoyable and just creative in so many ways Mm -hmm. and so well written and cast and everything that can go right in a movie was done and works and, and, and And it has spider noir. Yay. Yay. Full circle, full circle. Did you watch memories of murder, Michael? I did not watch memories of murder. It is so high on my list, but I couldn't, I didn't have the time to, and though like a the little there was a little bit of time I had at one point to try to find it. Yes. Um but I couldn't really it's Your shame. So that's why I defaulted to Widows yes. instead. And I'm glad I watched Widows. Totally. Like But that's that's sort of where the, the logic came in. I still intend to see Memories of For Memories of Murder at some point yeah. because I really like the Bong joon Ho movies I've seen so far. Ooh. I really like uh, the actor. I think it's Kang San-ho. I might be wrong about that.
0: Guy who was also um, in Parasite?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, And I just, I, I, I would love to see, I, I want to see Memories of Murder. Everyone, who's, everyone who has seen it holds it up as like one of Bong's best films. Really? Like his first true masterpiece or whatever.
0: Dang.
1: What other um, of his movies have you seen, Michael? Okja, Snowpiercer, Okja, Snowpiercer. The ho- all the stuff that's easily available in the U.S. The host, um, I have not seen the host. Okay, I have wanted to see the host for some time, and I think Monster is also on that list. Ooh. Interesting. Mm. Would you recommend Okja? I would recommend Ooh. Okja. I liked Okja Ooh. a lot. Okay, I think honestly, from what I've seen, Snowpiercer is my least favorite of Bong's films. Interesting. That was the one I had the hardest. I, that was the one I had the hardest time getting into. It seems very um,
0: serious. Is it very serious?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, as kind of, there's a little bit of like playfulness to it. Not so much. Okay. It kind of takes its, it kind of takes its like metaphorical train <laughs> set up yeah. and beats you over the head with it. Really? Yeah. And, and I just, I didn't get into it as, as much. I had a harder time getting into it. Interesting. Um, Do you know if he's I involved it- with the show at all? I don't know if he's involved with the show. At all. I've wondered about that and I just haven't had taken the time yeah. to like look into it. Um, the premise, it's based off a French novel so it wouldn't oh, surprise weird. me if there's just no involvement at all. Yeah. Got it. And that the show is more of an adaptation of the French novel but I, do, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I feel you. Fascinating. I watched Memories of Murder, Michael. It comes highly recommended for me.
1: Oh, cool. All right. I will take that to heart. I'm glad to hear that. Heck, yeah. Have you have you bonged in the past? Parasite's uh, the only one, Michael. Letterboxd tells me you
0: like Parasite. Do you still like Parasite? I do still like Parasite. Probably a little more than Memories of Murder, but <laughs> boy is okay. Memories of Murder a great film.
1: Duly noted, I... So Parasite's one of my favorite movies. Whoa! It seems like that kind of sets the stage for me liking Memories. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. They're very different movies. You know, Memories of Murder right. is kind of like... Uh, I guess, you know, Zodiac and what's the seven are the movies that come to mind, more so Zodiac because this is based on true events. But it is not it's not that tone. It's not that style. It's not that execution. It's the same sphere of things where we're taking nonfiction events and showing you investigation that happened IRL. And one that at the time this movie was filmed was not resolved, but really, really liked Memories of Murder. I think I liked it more than Zodiac, liked it more than Seven, liked it more
1: than any of those other ones. So I would recommend it. Interesting. All righty. I will hunt down Memories of Murder then there, Christian. Yeah? I'm going to take your, rec- to take your recommendation well, to thank heart. Thank you and-
0: for for <clears throat> telling me to watch it, Michael.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> thank you for watching 14 movies
0: hey, anytime dude i'm here for it uh yeah it's probably uh, i watch more movies in preparation for pillows on the windows than i do for the rest of the year
1: i'm so sorry or am i
0: i don't know someone's got to do i'm it, glad that
1: you've enjoyed this time because i i do enjoy these this it's an excuse for me to get back into movies and stuff like that and
0: okay. really i
1: crank in the hours for these like i like these are it's a good excuse to like crank out a ton of movies on the backlog. Yeah. And, and generally I walk away enjoying things.
0: And I'm walking away <laughs> with one of my new favorite movies of all time, Rafiki. Thank you, Michael.
1: Mm. And he it sounds like in general, this was a good experience. Good movie. It was. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Like Like, I was expecting a lot of black and white, a lot of narration, a lot of cigarettes smoking with uh, detectives trying to figure out what's going on while talking about how much their feet hurt or something. And (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised to find that the genre is burgeoning with variety. And that is not necessarily the case, even if naysayers on the Internet
1: may argue otherwise. Yeah. Well, it's not just naysayers on the internet. It's people with columns in the New Yorker mm-hmm. and Esquire. Mm. Actually, I don't know if it's a New Yorker and Esquire. I'm just picking them as two very prominent, like literary friendly magazines yes. where people might talk like this as they <laughs> narrate to their, their, their stenographers or whatever. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> but... uh uh, it's it's I I enjoyed this greatly. So thank you for humouring me, Christian. So of course,
0: Michael, your your proclivities are fascinating, and I am more than happy to join you into any rabbit hole you see fit. All
1: right. So this was pillows on the windows. I next week it's Tucker's and Carly's show again. Um, they gave us a checklist of things we're supposed to do. Christian, did we do all of them?
0: Um, we said film. Um, we did say film. We said
1: we love things we did we love movies where french people chain smoke
0: we do absolutely um michael are you uh brushing your teeth in the background there tucker like wanted me to throw that in there
1: um uh no i am i'm not brushing my teeth at the moment Are, are are you you uh I got nothing. I'm sorry. I didn't think of anything pithy. That's okay. It wasn't in the middle of
0: something important. I'm sorry, Tucker, but we fit in.
1: Yeah, I I let you down, Tucker, again. We made a long podcast and I forgot to do the ing something. Um, Beverages. Any any beverages you were consuming prior to this and or during this? I've got water. Same here.
0: I asked you about coffee to start out with.
1: You did. You did. And from what I understand, we can no longer do the the upcoming film segment because Tucker and Carly torpedoed that last week. Carly blew it up. Okay. But I asked Uh, Michael
0: about superhero movies, so talk about superhero movies. Everyone loves superhero movies. Yeah, there you go.
1: Set the stage. You – I actually am very curious about their answers to that, too. Yeah,
0: superhero movies, Joker, everyone loves Joker. Fat Thor, Fat Thor. Fat Thor, teehee, they're playing Fortnite. (laughs) All right, on that note, Christian, I'm going to go to bed. Amen, brother. Thanks again, Michael. (laughs)